get some good work done tonight. <laughs> so it's seven, but we're not all here yet. Let's see. Carrie's here. Gus and Joey are here. Still missing. Kimberly. Um, who else? And Debbie. There's Debbie. Okay, so I think we've got a quorum now, three, six, seven, eight, yeah. So I'll go ahead and start the meeting and hopefully Kimberly, any word from Kimberly? Is she gonna be here tonight as far as you know, Samantha? Yep. All right, well, let's get let's get uh, going. We have, a very, we have a very full, oh, there's Kimberly, great. Okay, the gang's all here. Um, we have a very full agenda tonight, so I'm just gonna dive right in. Um, I'll reserve the option of asking people to speak, uh, attendees to speak for a minute instead of two minutes, depending on what it looks like. We already have 22 attendees, so it looks like we're gonna have a full house. Um, this is uh, the final meeting of the Zoning, first Berkeley Zoning Adjustment Board, uh, Thursday, December 9th. <laughs> Happy New Year, everybody, in advance. Um, <laughs> This meeting will be conducted exclusively through video conference and teleconference pursuant to government code section 54953E and the state declared emergency. This meeting of the Zoning Adjustments Board will be conducted exclusively through teleconference and Zoom video conference. The COVID-19 state of emergency continues to directly impact the ability of the members to meet safely in person and presents imminent risks to the health of attendees. Therefore, no physical meeting location will be available. If you are attending the meeting and you do not wish for your name to appear on the screen, we have concluded that you have to sign off, sign back on, and you'll have an opportunity to just name yourself as anonymous. Um, when you, uh, there will be times during the evening, uh, this is for the attendees, when you'll be invited to participate in the meeting to speak on issues uh, that you may have concerns about. And uh, when you are invited to speak, um, you should raise the raise hand icon by rolling over the bottom of your screen. You see a little hand like that. Click on that and I will recognize you at the appropriate time. Um, if you are joining us by phone, you will not have a raise hand icon, so you'll have to press star nine, and uh, I'll still see a hand go up and I can recognize you. Please be mindful that the teleconference will be recorded, as all Zoom meetings are, and all rules of procedure and decorum will apply for this teleconference video conference, same as they would in a conventional in-person meeting. That's the required reading. Um, and I think with that, we can go directly to roll call. You're muted, Samantha. No. Uh, uh, thank you, Chair Khan. Um, so we'll do roll call and ex parte disclosures together. Uh, Commissioner Trigu. Present, no ex parte. Commissioner Duffy? Present, no ex parte. Commissioner Gaffney? Present, no ex parte. 
Commissioner Thompson? Present, no ex parte. Commissioner Olson? Present, no ex parte. Vice Chair O'Keefe? Present, no ex parte. Uh, Chairperson Khan? Present and no ex parte. Thank you, Samantha. Commissioner Kim? Present, no ex parte. And Commissioner Sanderson? Present, no ex parte. I got everyone this time, right? I think so. I count, okay. I count nine. <laughs> uh, well, I count eight, actually. Maybe I missed somebody. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, nine. Should have got, nine. Is that? I should have nine. I know. You didn't count yourself, I bet. Maybe I didn't count myself. Oh, uh, there are nine. Yep. So uh, <laughs> we now come to the section of the evening where we can um, hear public comment on non-agenda matters. And these would be, if you're an attendee, you should raise your hand. Um, if you wish to speak on something that's not on the agenda that you think may be pertinent to, uh, to this committee's um, general activities. Um, I don't see any hands raised, so I'll give it a beat and move to the next item. Uh, agenda changes. Um, I haven't requested any changes to the, heard any requested changes to the agenda and don't see any reason for doing that. So um, unless a uh, member of this commission would like to see uh, a change, we'll just move forward. Seeing none, we'll move forward. So the first item is the consent calendar. We have several items on consent. Uh, the first would be approval of the action meetings from October 28th. Um, I think we should probably take these. Uh, well, that's one item. Uh, second item would be approval of the meeting schedule. Have you guys had a chance to review that schedule? Very good. And then we have um, three items that are on consent. Before we uh, proceed with the vote on consent, I'd like to ask if there are any members of this panel that would like to see an, uh, an item taken off of the consent that's under consideration. Igor, I see your, or, or if you have a question about it, uh, would you like to have answered, Igor? Yeah, I have uh, three quick things. Um, one is just on the minutes, um, former council member Capitelli's name is misspelled. So I would suggest approving the minutes with that modification when we get there. Um, second item was just a question for staff um, on 2345 Channing. Um, I didn't see any conditions associated with hours of construction or the date of the plans that we are approving. And I was wondering if that's because this is a demolition and nothing new is being constructed. If staff could answer that. And then my last thing is on item five, 1634 and 1640 San Pablo, I believe I live within 500 feet of that property. And so I will, I would, I will be recused. Um, and I was wondering if there was any way we could separate out that item so that I could leave and that could be taken up separately on consent. 
Which, which item, the 1634 San Pablo? Yes. I think that as long as it remains on consent and it's not part of the public hearing and therefore not part of the discussion, simply note when you vote that you're abstaining on that item as you can't take an action on it. Very good. Thanks. And can, um, can I, I ask staff through the chair to answer my question on item four? Yes, Samantha, do you have any thoughts on that? Your, uh, yeah. Ashley is here uh, with us. Oh, hey, Ashley. Hi. Hi, so I heard the first question, which was construction hours, and then I have to leave the meeting and rejoin. So if there was anything else, I missed that part. Uh, just uh, the date of the plans that we're approving, that's another standard condition that we normally see in these kinds of approvals that I didn't see. So was just curious uh, if that needs to be added or yeah, so, it doesn't. Yeah, so this project is, is interesting. It, the use permit is just for the elimination of the dwelling unit, but is not involving actual construction. Um, so that's why the conditions are a little different than usual. And so, yes, of course, any construction on the site would follow um, the municipal code uh, for construction hours. And then the plans uh, are the plans submitted for a, a building permit application. Um, which are, uh, again, under a separate permit. Can I just ask a follow-up? Um, I mean, I assume no one is going to do this, but if we were to approve this without ours, could an applicant theoretically um, conduct a demolition in the middle of the night, um, which would obviously be after hours? Or are there... Other no. um, requirements. So this, in yeah, this is not a demo. It's not uh, a demolition permit. Yeah, so any physical construction or demolition would certainly require um, a permit from the city. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. Okay, very good. I see. So there's nothing actually being physically demolished. It's just elimination of a unit, uh, which is a paper elimination rather than a uh, a physical elimination. Is that correct? correct? Okay. Yeah. Great. That makes sense. Um, very good. Uh, and um, uh, Samantha, who uh, who is responsible for the accuracy of the meeting minutes? Because uh, uh, Lori's name was was spelled, I think, like the noodle, not like Lori. Um, that was me. I'm not. I don't want to blame you. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> It's not about a blank game. I just want to, can you fix no, that without an action of the of the, the commission? I mean, can we vote it with that noted change? I um I have made a note um that I'll include when we um do roll call for the vote. Okay, very good. Now, I'll make sure I fix it. All right. Then um, yes, you had your hand up. You've been patient over there. Thank you. Hi, everybody. I just have a question about item number three. Um, 1151 Grizzly Peak Boulevard, and just a clarification on the recommendation because it says recommendation to continue um, in the agenda, but then in the ZAB memorandum, it was a recommendation to approve. And so which, if we could just clarify which governs, that would be wonderful. Uh, 
the recommendation to approve is on page nine of 53 in attachment one. In the Zab memory. Yeah, go by the cover sheet. So I go by the cover sheet, right? That's the. Yeah. yeah. So the um, page nine is, I believe, the um, the original staff report. That's, okay, so that's, got it. Okay, that's right. And it's dated September 9 and then, also, and then December 9. So I get it. Okay. Yeah. It's just an attachment of the September 9th recommendation. Thank yeah. you. Correct. Great okay. question. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, um, Carrie, you've been, uh, had your hand up and down and back up. I, so. I've been trying to time it. Um, I'm ready Thank to you. make a motion when you're ready for it, Charles. I am ready, Ms. Olson. Okay, let's see if I catch it all. So my um, motion is to approve uh, the consent calendar, including the action minutes from December 28th with the approved um, um, name misspelling corrected for Lori Capitelli. Uh, then number two, the approval of the 2022 ZAB meeting schedule. And then items three, four, and five. I assume you all have those addresses. Mm -hmm. so that's my motion. I second. I, I probably should specify, sorry. No. Item three is a continuation to January 13th. It's not approving the project. Sorry. Very good. Thank you. Um, before we vote, I noticed that Shoshana has her hand up. Yep. Shoshana? Thanks. This is very small. I don't want to take too much time because um, it's semantic rather than substantive. But I'm just curious, um, on the meeting calendar, it lists holidays and it talks about Chinese New Year. And I was wondering if whoever, we don't need to change it, but whoever's um, responsible for writing this, I was wondering if that is the right way to refer to that holiday. Cause I, my understanding is there's a lot of cultures um, that celebrate a lunar new year that aren't many of them are not Chinese. And so I've always called it lunar new yeah. year to sort of be more inclusive. And I don't, I don't think we need to change it. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this. I just wanted to say something. And uh, yeah, maybe next that time. Was the that was the list generated by the city clerk's office um, after the, the resolution. Um, I was curious about that too, um, but but went with their sort of their official document. Yeah, it's fine, no big deal. Just I noticed it <sighs> something, but let's let's, okay. let's go ahead and vote. Interesting point. Let's uh, continue with the, the go, proceed with the roll call vote. Then, if there are no carry your hand still up, are you? Uh, did you have another thought? Are you good? Good. Okay. Great. And Did you get the, the second on that motion? Debbie is the second. Okay. Uh, Igor, uh, your, your hand is up before we vote. Yeah, Chair. Um, were you planning to also ask members of the public at this time? Oh, oh my goodness. Um, absolutely. Thank you. Before we vote, uh, thanks for the reminder, Igor. Our, our uh, most senior uh, chair, ex-chair. Um, so if any attendee would like to have an item pulled from consent or has a question about a consent item that uh, might uh, result in it being pulled, um, this is your chance to speak. Don't see any hands raised. So I think we can proceed with our vote. Thank you for that, Igor. Okay. Um, so this is to um, approve uh, the action minutes, item number one, with corrections to Lori Capitelli's name, 
Um, and then items two, three, four, and five, Commissioner Duffy? Yes. Commissioner Thompson? Yes. Commissioner Olson? Yes. Commissioner Gaffney? Yes. Commissioner Kim? Yes. Chair Khan? Yes. Commissioner Sanderson? Yes. Vice Chair O'Keefe? Yes. And Commissioner Trigo? Uh, yes on everything except item five. Um, I will be whatever you want to put down, abstaining or recused from that. Very good. Thank you. Okay, so um, the uh, items one, two, four, and five, well, all items pass, uh, four and five are now approved and we'll uh, proceed through the usual timelines uh, for appeal, et cetera. Uh, item number three will be continued to January 13th. And that brings us to, thank you everybody, our action calendar, um, action-packed calendar, uh, three items, uh, quite a bit of interest in them. Um, so let's uh, kick it off with 1837 Berkeley Way. <laughs> And Lyle, are you the planner assigned? No, it's, uh, it's me. All right, so let's get started. Good evening. Uh, my name is Allison Reamer. Um, this project is at 1837 to 1839 Berkeley Way. Use permit ZP 2020 0115 to demolish three unit residential building with a rear setback of approximately three feet to six feet on a 6,250 square foot lot with two single family dwellings. So the site is on the north side of Berkeley Way, one lot west of MLK on the edge of a mixed use neighborhood. The height of buildings is generally higher at the intersection with MLK and further west and and lower west of MLK. The site is one block north of the University Avenue commercial corridor and within 100 feet of commercial businesses along MLK Junior Way. The lot is occupied by a two-story 1,200 square foot single-family dwelling at the front, which is 1839 Berkeley Way, and a two-story 615 square foot single-family dwelling at the rear, 1837 Berkeley Way. The rear dwelling has been vacant since the 1960s, and front, the front dwelling has only recently been occupied as of 2021. There are two parking spaces on the lower level of the front dwelling. The applicant proposes to demolish the existing rear dwelling and construct a three-story um, triplex. A balcony on the second floor of Unit B would look out over the yard between the front dwelling and the rear building. Um, approximately 1,600 square feet of useful open space would be provided on site. The average height of the new building would be 28 feet. Additional parking is not required for new residential uses. The project complies with the applicable objective general planning zoning standards. Therefore, the city may not deny the project or approve the project at a reduced density without basing its decision on the written findings under the 
Housing Accountability Act. The project proposes replacing one demolished dwelling with three new dwellings. Um, the existing unit is not considered a protected unit and the dwelling proposed to be demolished is vacant and is not subject to tenant displacement provisions. Um, in the R2A district, the required rear setback is 15 feet. If there are two or more main buildings which contain dwelling units, the rear setback may be reduced with approval of an administrative use permit. The proposed rear building would be approximately 46 feet from the multifamily building to the north, it's 1836 First Avenue, more than 50 feet from the next dwelling to the west, which is 1833 Berkeley Way on the other side of the vacant lot and more than 18 feet to the commercial building to the east. The existing rear dwelling encroaches about one foot onto the property to the north, which is 1836 first, for about half the length of the building. And the proposed rear setback is three feet, three inches to six feet, one inch. The reduced rear yard improves the existing condition by situating the new structure fully on the subject property and offset from the rear lot line and would allow for useful open space between the two buildings on the subject lot and would allow a compliant building separation of 16 feet between the two buildings. After the packet had gone out for tonight's meeting, staff realized that the project did not comply with the six foot setback for the third floor required in the Archway District. Staff discussed the setback requirement with the applicant and they have agreed to increase the left setback by two feet but the left setback for the entire building is six feet, not four feet. Um, staff recommends adding a condition of approval to show a left setback of six feet in the plan submitted for a building permit to read as follows. Um, condition of approval 12, left side setback. The applicant shall show a left side setback of six feet in the building permit plans. Because of the project's consistency with the zoning ordinance and general plan, and minimal impact on surrounding properties. Staff recommends that the ZAB approve use permit CP 2020-0115. I'm available for questions. Thank you very much, Allison, for that lucid explanation. Um, any, um, any questions from this commission? Uh, I, I have a question, Allison, about the six-foot setback. I just want to be really clear about uh, how these setbacks are operating. So my understanding is that the rear yard setback, the standard rear yard setback, is a, is it a yes, a 15-foot minimum setback. But with an administrative use permit, that can be reduced. And the administrative use permit, it can be reduced if you have multiple buildings on the property. Is that correct? Yes. There's at least um, two main buildings. And then per the uh, letter uh, of clarification from Steve that we read back in August, an administrative use permit is covered by the HAA and therefore can't be reasonably denied. So that rear setback is something we could not oh. uh, reasonably deny. I just I just think it's important to, to clarify that. Am I correct in that, Samantha? That was my understanding of Steve's, um, yeah. So, but side yard setbacks cannot be reduced with an administrative use permit. And that's why the six feet is required on the third floor, which is a special, just third floor condition. 
But in this case, the applicant has agreed to increase the side yard from the four feet shown here to six feet as a condition of approval um, in order to fully comply with all the uh, metrics of the code. I presume that the right side, which shows eight foot 11 in our documents would be reduced by two feet to six feet 11, is that correct? Yes. Okay, I just wanted to make sure that the facts were uh, fully understood before we proceeded with the uh, rest of the discussion here and uh, that I had them straight so that others might as well. Um, if there are no other questions here, why don't we call up the applicant and give them their five minutes uh, of glory. Oh, um, Samantha or Cecilia, could you who is promote um, Darty, uh, D-H-A-R-T-I? Okay, <clears throat> coming over now. Yes, Darty, you, uh, you should unmute. And um, you have five minutes, but um, your team, I should say, the applicant team has five minutes. So if there's anyone else uh, who'd like to present, information about the project, you'll need to share your time with them. Um, otherwise you have the five minutes and uh, we'll have, I believe Allison, you're gonna be keeping uh, time for this. Is that right? Great. Right, so, thank you. Yes. Can, can everyone hear me? Yes, I can. Great. Mm -hmm. Great. Well, thank you, Allison, and thanks everyone uh, who joined. I really wanted to start with that. Um, this project is, really close to our heart, my family's heart, because the whole reason we, we bought this house back in 2019 is so we could build a three unit uh, uh, building and we can live together with parents and kids who are grown up um, side by side. Um, so this is the, I just wanted to add a few more points to what Alison uh, already uh, went over. Uh, so this is, this is the actual building. Um, as you can see in the in this uh, pic, it's really very slight on the uh, on the from the street that is visible. Um, on uh, this slide, you can also see that the right side or the east side is a commercial building. The left side is the uh, uh, the west side is an empty lot, and the rear is the apartment building. Um, the house is not higher than it's lower than or similar to most of the uh, uh, surrounding buildings. So I just wanted to point out those few points, even though it's triplex, it's a, a three story, we have stayed within the height limit, uh, which, uh, which is average height of 28 feet, which is typically two, two story, we could have built in that. Um, so like I mentioned, the goal is to build the house where we can stay with our large family. Um, and uh, the idea is like Alison mentioned, we plan to demolish the current rare encroaching two-story single family dwelling unit, completely clean up the site and then build the new three-story three-unit residential building. Um, and that new building will be more compliant with the code versus what it's currently for sure. Um, so to show it a little bit um, here, uh, you can see that like this is encroaching the rare and side setback. And we are gonna move away from the rare setback to three feet on one side and six feet on another side. And that's really because the, 
the backside line is in the angle and we want to stay straight. Um, uh, like Alison mentioned, we'll be moving from four feet to six feet on one side and another side, six feet, 11 inches. Um, this is, uh, has more open area than what's required. Um, it's pretty much uh, fitting with everything, lot area, um, the height requirement, the distance between buildings, everything else is compliant. Um, so I wanted to mention that here. Um, and I wanted to bring to this attention that since this is very close to the sides, the vegetation has like ivy has been covering on the building on this existing building and uh, when we clean up that there were some complaint about uh, you know it could potentially lead to rat and pest and so on uh, this will completely clean up and it will be moving away from the setbacks so that will that will be better for neighbors uh, from our understanding um, so um, like I mentioned, it's it's in a way moving setback from zero feet to three and uh, three three point three feet three inches to six and one uh, six feet one inch. So it's more going to be more compliant with code than what it is currently. Um, open area, lot coverage, number of stories, set side setback, um, distance between building, height requirement, everything will be in compliant once we move to from four feet to six feet, which we agreed to. Uh, there is no substantial privacy impact, um, no much, I mean, the shadow for the proposed building and uh, current building is so pretty similar. The maximum impact, there's no like sunlight or air or views impact that you can see in the 3D drawings. We have extensions, um, 3D drawings for the shadows. The maximum impact that currently is for the shadow is um, the new, which is really the lower portion of the multifamily building in the rear. That is 30 inches covering. And it's not, uh, um, not even, uh, to the window or any opening. Um, so just wanted to mention that. Um, we have made many changes throughout the project. We have been working with Alison and other people for a while, and there were some comments from neighbors. So we changed quite a little bit. We reduced the average height from 32 feet when we initially have the, had the three-story uh, building um, to 28 feet, which is within the code compliant because Alison mentioned that. What we tried to do is, even though it seems like three stories, we tried to shrink it to fit within within the same height. Um, so there is, it's a slab at slab foundation and so on, and not too uh, long walls. Uh, uh, we Final, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll wrap up in just one minute. So we removed balconies well, and wrap everything. Up in five seconds. Okay, <laughs> I think I think we are done. We just incorporated fire separation and. You will have a chance yeah. to respond to our comments from the community. So okay. if you missed yeah. missed this uh, is my last minute. slide. This is my okay. last slide, so it's good. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> okay, thank you. Um, stop sharing. Uh, uh, stick around. You get a. You'll have a chance to rebut. Uh, concerns from the community uh, after they speak. I only see one attendee with their hand up. This is the time when anyone who wishes to speak on this project uh, should raise their hand. That's again by scrolling the um, scrolling over the bottom of your screen. And uh, I see three hands up. Is that everybody who wishes to speak on, on this uh, project? If so, I'll allow you the full, each of you the full two minutes. 
and um, and I'll also be keeping time and try to give you a, a 15 second warning um, when you start. So the first person is Carol Clark. Carol, oh there, good. You you got a great visual timer now. That's wonderful. So um, I think yes. You are up, Carol. Okay. Um, the video doesn't seem to be working. But anyway, first of all, I, I really like to welcome again, uh, Daughtry to our neighborhood. And um, so much gratitude, Daughtry, for the incredible work that you have done on that property. It is just stunning. And I uh, live at 1834 Hertz, which abuts the proposed project, um, their northwest corner. I'm kitty corner to that lot. And first of all, I'm curious about the shadow over my garden, but um, it's my understanding that many sections of the municipal code state that the goal of planning is to maintain property line setbacks and open space consistent with the existing neighborhood. Our neighborhood, and I have been here for over 30 years and actually chose this spot because of its open space and all the surrounding greenery. And I've built a meditation um, garden in the rear. But anyway, our neighborhood has preserved a green open space um, at the rear of the properties with only occasional low structures um, in the required 15 foot setback. Even the apartment building, which is next to me, uh, preserves that rear open space. Any project that requires a variance to the 15 foot setback coupled with multi-story buildings will alter the that key aspect of our neighborhood. Uh, large structures in that neighborhood should be up against the street as with the next door apartment building and not occupy the rear setbacks. It's starting to feel very claustrophobic. And uh, hey, thank there's you. a tunnel as well, and I'm afraid uh, it's going to increase the wind tunnel. Um, uh, Carol, I think you've, uh, your two minutes are up. Okay. So I'm going to recognize the next person. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, the next person is the owner, an owner on Berkeley Way. That's how they're identified. And uh, you have your two minutes. Hello, my name is Valerie Artesi, and I'm uh, an owner in 1822 Berkeley Way. And I am mostly, sorry, I wasn't able to understand or like really study but it looks like there are five units being built um, in the ADU, but I'm not 100% sure. This is something that you can address after my comments. Uh, it seems pretty dense, and it looks like there's an open space in the middle, which may be the fire space, uh, but I'm not quite sure either. And Maybe you can address this question. What is that open space in the middle? And in one year, two years, are you going to build another unit inside that open space, Darty? Um, sorry, I should have started this way. Darty, thank you for um, helping develop uh, that building.
building and welcome to the neighborhood. My last question and comment is going to be um, to the board, to Zab. I mean, how many permits, parking RPP permits are going to be allowed for this, I don't know how many unit new building on our block? Is it going to be, you know, five? Is it going to be 15? Is it, I just really honestly just don't know. And I would be very curious because parking is an issue. As you probably have noticed on our block, there are a lot of people that don't have garages. And so we're, you know, parking there. And we have done a lot of work in the past to make sure that, you know, we weren't completely adversely affected by the residential building that's over the Trader Joe's. Um, we did a lot of work on that in the past to make sure that, you know, the people who actually live on Berkeley Way are going to be able to park on Berkeley Way. Um, and so my question to, to Zab is, how many part RPP permits are there going to be, um, considering that it's not really uh, realistic to believe that people don't uh, own cars in Berkeley anymore? And thank you for your time and for answering my questions. Thank you so much, Valerie. Um, we have one more uh, speaker from the community. Um, Gina, you are recognized. Thank you. Uh, this is Salvador and Gina. We own the property behind uh, this planned um, facility uh, on 1836 Hearst. And um, a couple of things I just, just to not repeat, um, I want to echo the comments that Carol made around the density of the area and how that is changing uh, the ability to get light. Um, I know that uh, you mentioned that uh, the lower floors don't have uh, windows, but the second and third floors do, and it would seem that they would be impacted. I know you also mentioned that you were uh, in the plans, you had changed the, the, the terraces, I believe. I'm, it's more a question. Um, in the drawings that I saw, you had terraces in the back of the building, which would be right over uh, the parking and across from the terraces on, on the <sighs> So it would feel a little cramped and dense, frankly. And um, Charles, I, I did not quite follow or understand, and, and forgive me, but I, I'm not versed on these matters, but I don't understand why um, they, uh, can allow that the building would not have the, 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 the setback that would typically be expected. Um, and so that's more of a question as well, but it seems that that would make sense in keeping with, uh, you know, the tradition of the, of the neighborhood and, uh, and the proper spacing, right, that we all need for some green and some, some sunlight and so on. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Salvador. Um, you still have, well, you had a couple of seconds there, but I appreciate you coming and speaking tonight. And I will try to clarify that point uh, for your benefit uh, when, we, when we bring it back to the board. Um, so that's it uh, in terms of community um, uh, uh, input. Uh, is the applicant still? Darty, uh, you have an opportunity now to uh, comment on or respond to um, comments that the community made. Sure. Is it possible if I can share my screen because then I can show the drawing? Yeah, yes, you can. And uh, you have two minutes for this. It's telling me you cannot share the screen. So while okay. other participants share. Okay. 
We typically do allow the uh, applicants okay. to share. Yeah. All right. Now, now I can share it. That's good. Okay. So um, I just wanted to, you know, first go over the the uh, shadow comment. So this is the shadow, right? With the existing as well as the proposed. So if you could see, if this building is the existing building, this is current shadow. If there is new building of a proposed design, this is the shadow, the middle one. And if there is no building, this is the shadow. So in, in I wanted to point out here, this is a 3D drawing from architect, nothing that we can make up. It's really shadow is overriding from the next commercial building, not our building. So that's one point I wanted to make. The second thing I wanted to point, there was one comment about the open, open area. Um, and uh, if we are planning to do more, so we are not planning to make anything here. We cannot make anything here because the reason be, be, between these two buildings, the open area is per code. The code requires that. So that's why we have that um, when there are two buildings. Uh, we have more open area than what is required for cities. The city requires 300 square feet per unit. And we currently have close to 400. I cannot see it clearly, but it's 389.5 or something like that. So that's one thing I wanted to point out. Um, I think someone mentioned uh, if uh, there is uh, any balcony in the back, there is no balcony in the back. We removed all the balcony from the back and on the side. The only thing we have is we have a structure which is kind of like a metal bar just for the visible thing and then the siding. So just it shows not like a blank, clear building, but it kind of has a little, little architectural kind of showing like it looks like it's something in the middle, but it's just artificial. There is no balcony. So there wouldn't be any one coming out. There is just no way someone can come out. So I, I don't know how much time I have. Um, if I have more time, I can show the pictures. Uh, no, that, that's your, your, yeah, there may be uh, a question from the commission, uh, you know, if they wish to see those pictures, but uh, thank you for that, uh, that explanation. Um, so I would like to bring it back to this uh, commission. I see, Doe, you have your, we're closing the public hearing and um, I'd like to bring this back to our commission. Uh, Doe, your hands up first, Kira, you're next. Thank you, and Chair. Then Igor. Yes, I just had a question for the applicant, if that's okay. Uh, sure. Okay. Hi, Darcy. Uh, thank you for your presentation. I, I just had a clarification question based on a public comment. I think there was a, a public comment asking about parking, and I saw the yeah. chart, and it said uh, two existing and two proposed, so it would stay the same, right? Uh, no, so there is, yes, currently there is already two existing, so it will stay. It's in the front building. There is a garage already. So we are not changing that. And we are going to live in this. So we, currently we have one car between three. I mean, yeah, we kind of a little more environmental friendly-ish. So if we have two cars, we, we can totally do that. Sometimes we have uh, other people of family, but we are not, we, we can totally fit in the two car within the two parking garage. There is no, not going to be any change. We are not going to add any more units. This is our final one and one, all for our family if we can make the dream home. Thank you for clarifying. Thanks, Joey. Carrie? I have a question for staff. Um, Allison, now I'm not seeing your picture. Oh, there you are, sorry. Allison, <laughs> uh, you mentioned that this house was gonna be so many feet from 
the house to the west, but there's an empty lot there. So if the empty lot is built on, how many feet will this house be from that house? And then I have a question for you, Darty. sorry. Um, I don't live directly in your neighborhood, but I live on Grant and Rose, so not that far away. Welcome to Berkeley and um, I hope all goes well. Um, I worked for 17 years in the kids biz and so my fellow commissioners will have heard me say this before, horizontal railings are literally deadly because little kids want to climb them. Not all little kids, but if you have a kid like my kid was, he'll climb it in an instant. So I suggest a different kind of railing on that. That's all. So the, um, so if a new building's built on the vacant lot, they would need four feet side setbacks, um, unless it's three stories, um, then they would need six feet setbacks. But, so if they're doing four feet setbacks, it's one or two stories. And then this building has a six foot setback to the west so that it would be 10 feet between the two, between this building and a potential building to the west. Um, and on the railing, the railing is not something that people can even stand because there's no opening. It's more like right at the, if I can show the picture, it's on the, the drawing. I hope you all have done. It's, it's just like a little, like right at the window, there is a little barge and then a siding, Dorothy, different color. Dorothy, it was, it's, it was just a, a comment from Carrie that you should consider okay. safety. If sure. you're satisfied that you're a safe condition, you don't yeah. need to explain yeah. it more to us, but it's a, it's a very good point. And, and uh, anyway, thank you, thank you for that. Um, and then again, just this is just informational point because you don't have to tell us this, but since you will be less than 10 feet from a neighboring structure once it gets built, you might want to consider how you make that doorway on the west elevation safe, private, and maybe that means screening. That's mm -hmm. all. Yeah, that's a good comment. We can definitely do that. And we are also having fire separation walls and things. So just making, you know, safety is a definite um, thing that we, we are also curious good. about. Good, good to hear. Um, Igor? Thank uh, you, Kira. Yeah, thank you. Um, so in response to one of the commenters regarding residential permit parking, there is a condition. It's uh, actually the last condition. Uh, <laughs> oh, I see um, my colleague maybe wanted to also point that out. Um, it's condition 44, and I, I will just, for the benefit of the public uh, who were concerned, we'll read it into the record. So it says, no residential permit parking permits shall be issued to project residents, nor shall commercial placards be issued to non-residential occupants and or users of the site. And then it um, talks about um, if, um, any of these units become rental units, the property owner shall notify all tenants of rental units and or buyers of condominium units if it becomes that of this restriction in leases and or contracts and shall provide sample leases and or contracts including such notification to the project planner prior to issuance of an occupancy permit or final inspection. Um, 
I did want to ask staff in response to another question that came up from a member of the public. Um, I believe this um, unit is currently, or sorry, this, this parcel as proposed is maxed out at four units. Uh, so um, can you comment on whether um, there is some way that they would be eligible for additional units beyond the four, whether it's through an accessory dwelling unit provision or otherwise? Yeah, so the only way they could add another unit would be an ADU. Um, you know, we would have to meet the ADU requirements. So they're like four foot setbacks. Um, so, and really the only ADU that would work here is a, because it's a multifamily property or, well, actually no. Yeah, yeah, it's multifamily property. They um, could really only fit a new, new detached ADU. Um, I mean, it could go in there, but I don't really think it's that feasible because it really the only suitable space is the open space between the two buildings. Um, thank you. Uh, and then in response to, um, and, and this comment has, or question has come up before on previous projects from members of the public around, um, you know, the zoning code says one thing with setback requirements and then, uh, but there are provisions to do administrative use permits if certain conditions are met. Um, so in the context of the question that came up around that, could, um, Allison, could you, um, speak to what the zoning code allows for? Yeah, so the thing is, maybe this will be something that's updated when the code is updated, but it's like the, there's an AUP process, like someone can apply, but there aren't actually like specific findings that need to be met to reduce the setback. Um, but yeah, it's, it's an option that it's like a process to apply for an AUP to reduce the, the rear setback when there are two or more main buildings. Um, but there's also then the um, Housing Accountability Act that kind of means that these findings aren't really subjective. So that we can't like use the reduced setback to limit how many units can be built on the lot. Thank you. Yeah, another way, another, yeah, I, I actually wanted to speak to that, Igor, out of uh, courtesy to Salvador, who asked that question. I really appreciate you raising it. Um, the uh, memorandum that came from Steve uh, Buckley, the planning uh, director in August, uh, indicated that uh, administrative use permits were protected by the HAA, in this case, the reduction of the 15-foot setback, so long as all uh, metrics were met, all objective standards were met. And the only objective standard for the reduction of a rear yard setback is that you've got two uh, buildings on the property. That's the sole uh, objective element, you know, the rest of it is, is, is considered subjective uh, by, by state, uh, state interpretation. So, so for that reason, uh, we cannot deny the AUP, nor can staff, because of the, the state coming in and saying, 
guys, you got to do it based on objective standards, not subjective uh, feelings. Um, we all have feelings that we would like to have more open space in our community, but uh, we're not empowered as the zoning board of Berkeley to overrule state law. So that's why we can't insist on more than the uh, three to six feet in that rear yard that are, that's being provided. Does that make sense? Did I say that right, Samantha? More or less, yes. Okay, so I hope that explains uh, the answer to your question, Salvador. It's not a variance that's being asked for. It's an administrative use permit, which is actually a pretty low level uh, uh, kind of permission, usually doesn't require a public hearing to be uh, approved. Um, but because there is a use permit here, we're considering it as part of this application. Um, any more questions, Igor, of staff or the applicant? Your hand's still up. Yeah, um, Chair, thank you so much for explaining that. So I wanted to just um, provide that context. Um, when I started on ZAB, I don't know where the years have gone, <laughs> nine years ago, uh, we still, um, we had a little bit more um, flexibility in um, approving or disapproving certain types of use permits and administrative use permits. But even then, um, even back in the day, uh, it was commonplace for this board to approve administrative use permits uh, and lower the setbacks when it made sense to do so. Um, state law has changed. Um, the city is currently in the process of developing objective standards to respond to state law. I was actually just on a city council special meeting. To um, They're discussing this as we speak right now. Um, but I wanted to provide that um, to the neighbors as a little bit of context. Um, I, I do appreciate that, that that one um, setback aside, I think um, every other setback either meets or exceeds, sometimes significantly so, the requirements here. Um, and they're doing everything that is allowed for by the code. So we can't by state law deny this project or the configuration of this project. But I really appreciate um, folks coming out with their concerns. And I, based on the representations made by the applicant, I have a lot of faith that the applicant will continue to work with their neighbors um, and resolve um, whatever uh, concerns there may be. So with that, I would like to move that we approve this project. Thank you for the motion. Igor, do we have a second? I'll second. Thank you, Carrie. Doe, do you? Uh... Oh, I think you just stole Dory. Yeah. Dory I raised my hand to second, but that's fine. Yeah. So we have a motion from Igor, a second from Carrie. Any discussion? Um, I would just like to, uh, before we vote, um, Carol, say that um, we all do share your concerns about open space, but the um, law as written is what we're required to enforce and we can't deviate from that. Um, and there is a, a housing crisis, as you know, and that's one of the reasons these laws were passed to assure that uh, 
more housing could be built. And these are three, not five, three new units on the property that will provide housing for three more families. So um, with that, Samantha, uh, would you like to take the vote? Yes, and uh, if I could just clarify um, on the motion. So the motion was to approve um, the permit. As amended, um, it, with the amended yes. staff recommendation. <laughs> for approval for the six foot side setback on the west side. Correct. And was that, um, Commissioner Olson, did you second that motion still? Yes, that's what I assumed it was. Thank you. Okay. Yes, you're welcome. Um, okay, so approving uh, 1837 Berkeley Way with the staff recommended condition for the um, six foot side setback on the west side. Commissioner Duffy? Yes. Commissioner Thompson? Yes. Commissioner Olson? Yes. Commissioner Gaffney? Yes. Commissioner Kim? Yes. Chair Khan? Yes. Commissioner Sanderson? Muted, Debbie. Uh, raise your hand if you're voting yes. We can't hear you. Raise your hand if you're voting yes. Hold your thumb down if you're voting no. Okay, she's raising her hand. Thumbs up, thumbs up. Vice Chair O'Keefe. Yes, and I want to say something. My dinner just got delivered. I'm going to turn my camera off and eat it. I'm not going anywhere. Yes. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Trigo. Yes. Okay, so it's unanimous vote in support. You have your use permit. The usual timelines will apply for logging it in and uh, so forth. Okay. Um, Let's proceed with our next item. Thank you, everybody, for that. The next item is 1643 California Street, 1643 and 47 California Street. And uh, Samantha, who's our uh, planner on this? Nick Armour. Oh, there's Nick. Okay, welcome, Nick. Hi, uh, good evening. Uh, let me just uh, share my screen for you one second. All right, good evening. Uh, we are discussing use permit ZP 2021-0001 at 1643 and 1647 California Street. Uh, this is to create a new lower story basement level, construct a new second story and modify the existing duplex layout resulting in a 3,763 square foot duplex on an existing property. The zoning permits that are triggered are a use permit to enlarge a legal non-conforming structure that is non-conforming to lot coverage a use permit to enlarge the legal non-conforming structure that is non-conforming by reasons of the allowable density, uh, administrative use permits to horizontally extend two non-conforming yards, the front and the rear, administrative use permit to permit a major residential addition, another one to allow an addition over 14 feet in height, and lastly, an administrative use permit to construct a fifth bedroom. Uh, this subject site is located in the North Berkeley neighborhood on the east side of California Street at the corner of California and Virginia Streets. The surrounding area consists of residential uses ranging from one and two story single family dwellings and two story multifamily buildings. The subject property 
is a small rectangular lot. Sorry. And it is oriented in the east-west direction and is approximately 3,100 square feet in total area. It features a one-story main building constructed, originally constructed as a duplex. At some point in the past, the kitchen of the left side unit, which is 1643 California, was removed without permits. And a doorway was installed between the two units, effectively converting the house to a single family house without the necessary approval of a use permit to remove the dwelling. The property and structure is currently non-conforming due to several reasons. Uh, the property is non-conforming to the lot coverage, currently at 50% coverage, where 45% is the limit for one-story structure. The property is non-conforming to the allowable residential density, containing two units when only one is permitted. Uh, this is prior to the unauthorized removal of 1643. And the structure is located within the front, rear, and left side yards. The project would make several alterations to the existing property. The existing residential structure would be shifted by one inch to the south to create a conforming left side uh, side setback. The pr uh, proposal would restore the left dwelling unit at 1643 California, but would shrink the size of this unit from 650 square feet to 501 square feet. The floor plan of the main level of the right unit, which is 1647 California, would be modified to serve as the main living area with an open floor plan kitchen, dining, living room plus a full bathroom. Structure would be expanded by creating a new basement level contained below the existing building footprint that is solely serving 1647 California. This proposal would also add a new second level on top of the existing structure also solely serving 1647 California. The second story would step in at the front to provide a balcony and would step in from the rear to comply with the 20 foot rear yard setback. In total 1647 California would expand by 2,612 square feet from 650 square feet to 3,262 square feet in total. Staff has received several communications regarding this project, both in support and opposition. Uh, concerns that have been raised include the neighbors to the northeast and south uh, raising concerns due to the proposed increase in size of the house on the small lot. Concerns from these same neighbors regarding the impacts to privacy, shadows, um, and light access from the two-story design and increase in height and concerns that the project is out of scale with the neighborhood and the surrounding properties, especially given the existing non-conformities on this property. A support of the application includes uh, the improved structure and project site and restoration of the second dwelling unit. Uh, this property or this project is considered to be SB 330 compliant and this December 9th ZAP hearing represents the first public hearing for the proposed project since it was deemed complete. The city can hold up to four additional public hearings on this project if needed, but one of those must be reserved for the, a council appeal if necessary. Uh, similar to the last project that we discussed here, uh, the Housing Accountability Act is uh, a major component of this application. Uh, this requires that if the ZAB is going to deny a project, uh, it, it must make specific written findings supported by substantial evidence that it would have a specific adverse impact on public health or safety unless disapproved or approved at a lower density, or there is no feasible method to satisfactorily mitigate or avoid the specific adverse impacts other than the disapproval or approval at a lower density. This existing structure is non-conforming for lot coverage density in yards as previously explained. Uh, the proposed additions would continue these non-conformities. Therefore, the proposed project does not comply with the applicable objective zoning standards. However, the project is eligible for zoning adjustments using the use permit process 
and there are no objective standards or findings for considering such permits. So the HAA still applies to this project. Therefore, the city may not deny the project or approve it at a reduced density without basing its decision on the written findings required by the HAA. However, the city may request that modifications to the project are made, mitigate impacts or avoid specific adverse impacts on surrounding neighbors, neighboring properties, so long as the project is not approved at a reduced density. There are uh, several findings that are required to be made in order to approve this project. Uh, firstly, this uh, includes an expansion of a building that is non-conforming to the residential lot coverage. As previously mentioned, the current site is at 50% coverage where 45% is the limit for this R2 property for a single family house. This addition would remove an existing shed in the rear yard, which does reduce the lot coverage to 44%, but it also creates a two-story house, which decreases the allowable lot coverage to 40%. Uh, because this project would reduce the non-conformity from 5% over the allowable limit to 4% over the allowable limit, uh, this, uh, and this addition is uh, located over existing covered area, it does not increase the non-conforming lot coverage um, and the addition does consist of a second story addition, but it does comply with the average uh, maximum height of 28 feet. Uh, next, this addition uh, is on a site that is over the residential density, um, but that is allowed through a use permit if the addition or enlargement does not increase the density or exceed the height limit. As this proposes to restore and maintain the density at two uh, units, it does not increase the density on the site, and it would comply with the height limit. This project is proposing to uh, vertically extend or alter portions of the building that encroaches into non-conforming yards. Um, as mentioned before, the property is non-conforming to the front yard, the left side yard, and the rear yard. This project would shift the house over by an inch so it does comply with the side setback, but it would expand the front yard uh, existing non-conformity by going down into the basement, as well as um, it, the second story would step back by three and a half feet, but does uh, increase the height in the non-conforming setback. And in the rear, uh, the second story, it would comply, but the basement would be expanded down at the existing uh, non-conforming rear yard. Um, as the enlargement of the building would comply with the permitted residential use on the property and the vertical expansions uh, would not further reduce the non-conformity, these expansions are considered permissible. Uh, an administrative use permit is also required to approve the addition of a fifth bedroom to a parcel in the R2 zoning district. This project proposes to increase the total bedrooms on the property from four to five bedrooms. The addition of the fifth bedroom would not add density to the site or intensify the use of the residential property. This project also proposes a major residential addition over 14 feet in height, and the ZAB must make findings of general non-detriment for any administrative use permit in the R2 zoning district. The project would add approximately 2,429 square feet to the existing 1,334 square foot duplex. The project would be considered non-detrimental because the project would add a second level to the home, which there are several examples of the neighborhood in the neighborhood. The second story addition would step in to comply with the required rear yard setback and further comply with the non-conforming front yard. A basement is proposed to be added while, while this adds additional square footage, the basement would not create any additional impacts on the surrounding neighbors due to its placement partially below grade, maintaining the existing first floor level. Uh, the neighborhood is a mix of residential uses, including apartments and single family and multifamily homes. Um, and existing structures in the immediate neighborhood vary in height from one to two stories. 
And in addition, the project approval is subject to the standard conditions of approval regarding construction, noise, air quality, waste diversion, toxics, and stormwater requirements. Because the project's consistency with the zoning ordinance and general plan and the minimal impacts on the surrounding property, staff recommends the Zoning Adjustments Board approve ZP 2021-0001, subject to the findings and conditions. Alternatively, the ZAP could require modifications to the project to reduce any impacts on surrounding properties, so long as the project is not denied or approved at a lower density. And I can take any questions. Go ahead, Igor. Uh, thanks, Nick, for that um, detailed presentation. Um, obviously, unlike the last project, this one just the, the nature of the, the existing conditions introduce some um, unique um, attributes that um, have to be discussed. Um, but unlike the last project we went through, I didn't see a discussion in the staff report really around um, privacy impacts, um, shadow impacts, um, and I had to, you know, go to the um, A four point X series of drawings to get that information. But since the majority of the comments um, with concerns about this project um, revolved around shadows and view impacts and privacy, uh, could you speak to? Um, what kind of analysis um, went in and um, what is your general recommendation um, uh, based on the impacts that were studied by staff? Sure, um, that is a great question. So uh, the analysis, we did, we did look at shadow studies um, as they're shown in the project plans and the impacts that that would create on the neighbors. Generally, we do see shadow impacts from second story additions and it's considered part of kind of the urban urban development pattern. The other issue is that our um, current findings, as we've discussed before, are not considered objective and the there's no um, specific requirement or specific um, finding about how much shadow impact on a property, what the privacy impacts may be on a specific site. And so for HAA purposes, um, it's not something that can actually be looked at according to our understanding. Thanks, Nick. Uh, a follow-up question, Igor? Uh, I wasn't planning on it, but yeah, um, this is one of the first projects we've seen where this discussion on shadows uh, and privacy impacts literally was not in the staff report. I understand that it is not something upon which we can base our decision there are no objective standards but uh going forward and maybe this is a question actually for samantha is this going to be the practice that it's not going to be discussed uh in staff reports at all um that's a great question um commissioner trigu i don't um, I don't have an answer for you um, off the top of my head. 
Um, it is, I mean, it is challenging because they are not objective. Um, and I would need to just look a little, kind of a little more into that. Um, but what I'm, I think I'm hearing is that um, the board would like to see those, um, that analysis, even if it's not subjective. I mean, even if it's not objective, sorry. I can't speak for my colleagues, but I certainly would like to see that um, or continue to see that. But more importantly, I think members of the public, um, it would be, they would really benefit from both hearing that discussion um, during staff presentations and also um, for those that can't come to the meeting or though, even those who can in preparation for the meeting, it would be just helpful for them to understand what is the actual impact if they live in adjacent properties. Yeah, we'll definitely, um, thank you for that. Um, and I'll take that back, we'll, we'll talk about that. I think um, Samantha and my two cents were um, that, uh, you know, as Nick pointed out, we can't demand that the applicant reduce the density, the number of units. Actually, we can't, according to the memo from Steve, demand they reduce the size of the project, the number of square feet or the number of bedrooms. However, we can, uh, we can speak to issues of privacy as Carrie uh, has frequently done, led, led the charge, and it's good to have that as part of the staff discussion so that we have the option of discussing that with the applicant, um, particularly privacy. But there are also occasions where we have made recommendations which have been accepted by the applicant. This is the Zoning Adjustments Board, adjustments to mitigate shadow impacts or view impacts. So we still have the power to make adjustments as long as HAA is not, um, not violated. Violated exactly. Um, so yeah, I, I support uh, Igor's point. Thank you, Igor. Um, why don't we move? Keep things moving here. We still have a lot to do, and there are a lot of attendees that would like to speak. Uh, Debbie, and then so okay. I um, if you don't want to answer all these questions now, let me put them on the table. And um, Nicholas, if, Nicholas, if you want to come back later and answer them, that's perfectly fine. I spent a fair amount of time looking at the shadow impacts and the privacy impacts. And I need, <laughs> I need clarity. And I went through all the letters several times. So I need clarity on all, on, on all these little garages <laughs> that are at the backs of these buildings. And, and the diagram I, I found most useful to work from is the one on plan sheet A4.2 the middle one on the proposed site. And so the way I think I understand it is that starting from the right lower right side, the duplex is 1651 is at its, its address. The garage directly to its east is its garage as well as the one in the corner of that property. So that 1651 has these two garages and their sitting area that they've discussed is kind of within that with buildings on three sides. 
Then if you go to, um, to the left side of that diagram, is, am I, are my directions making any sense? Okay. Yes. Maybe it'd be better anyway. At 16th, the, the house to the, um, the left, which would be the north of it, is 1639, um, whatever street we were on. And the garage that it's to its back right corner, go, it goes with 1639. Then there is, uh, when you're at uh, 1637, there is a garage directly to the east of their property. Does that garage go with 1609? I know there is a building in there that's removed, which is not showing up appropriately on the shadow map. Um, and so it, it looks like there is a garage that would be directly to the east of the, to the proposed deck, kind of Northeast, does that garage go with 1609 Virginia? That's my understanding, yes. And so its driveway goes the length of the 1609 parcel toward Virginia Street. Correct. So what separates 1609 Virginia from the back of 1651 and 1637 or 40 is the driveway is between right. those two properties. Okay, thank you. Um, that's very helpful. So I, uh, I spent, and I don't wanna go over it now, but I, unless people want me to, but I spent some time looking at the complaints from the neighbors or comments from the neighbors and the distance between the building, the subject property and the areas that people referred to because that was one of my concerns is what is the physical distance between the subject property and the, in the sitting areas? What is in between the subject property and the sitting areas? And what is, what's on that side of the building? <laughs> so um, if we want to talk about that later, but that's, that's kind of where um, I've spent a lot of time and I will, as long as I know that I've got the, the layout right, then um, we can go on. Thank you. Ready, uh, Carrie? I'll try and be quick. Um, I wanna speak to um, saying thank you to Igor and Charles and uh, Debbie for talking about um, privacy and, and shadows and why we still need to see it. The simple reason, um, Samantha, is because the public doesn't know what you know or what we see in our packet. And by the time they write their letter to us, they're really making suppositions on things that aren't necessarily right. We need to set the record straight, they need to understand. But also because there are alternatives, we're not shown, and I've asked for this many times, what the fenestration is in the adjacent properties. So we don't know whether or not we're allowing for a larger window or a new window that's directly adjacent, eight feet away from someone else's property. And as I've said many times, I grew up like this, eight feet away from my, my neighbor's house and not knowing that that neighbor was staring at me as a kid. 
So uh, it's really creepy and we should know and the neighbors should know. So if you could pass that on to those who are making these decisions, I don't think it's that big of an ask. Thank you. Um, okay, if there are no further uh, questions for staff uh, from this commission, let's uh, bring in the applicant. Um, I believe this is Studio G and S. Uh, so the uh, I'm looking for the applicant. Is that uh, Sunny? Who it is? Sunny. It's yeah. Sunny. There he is. Sunny, and I believe the up. property owner is here as well. Uh, Sunny, would who else would you like to join you for the uh, for the presentation? Sunny, uh, can I hear you? Okay, yes. Uh, can you hear me? Yes. Uh, you have five minutes to present, but it needs to be you and whoever else you wish to have. Right. Uh, yes. Uh, those or the owner? Uh, both owners are here. If there's any time left over, uh, they'll speak. Okay. Uh, thank you very much for that uh, good explanation of the project. Uh, I wanted to just kind of... Uh, reiterate that, you know, when we first started this project, uh, it was a very different project than what you are uh, currently uh, seeing. Uh, and after having some discussions with the neighbors, uh, looking about the, the, the shadow study and the privacy issues, we, uh, we did uh, take those into consideration. And uh, originally, you know, we actually had a three-story building where we were de developing the, the basement as a full story with a garage, which was one of the things that the, uh, the homeowners really wanted. Uh, and, and because of the three-story building was becoming problematic, uh, talking with Nick, uh, and he, we decided that you know, we eliminate the garage and uh, do not lift the building because we were actually lifting the existing house up to accommodate uh, the, the garage level. And, hence, and it was making the, the building much taller. So once we decided that we were gonna forgo the, the garage uh, and not lift the building at all, uh, we were just gonna, we're only going to uh, create a, basically a second story addition. So it'd be a two story building technically. And we changed the roof line uh, you know, considerably to have a, a smaller impact on the adjacent properties. And we also you know, reconfigured some of the bedrooms on the upper floor. So on the back of the house, uh, we only have uh, you know, one bedroom and then we have two bathrooms uh, which uh, have high windows looking you know towards the east and, and that was one of the neighbors uh, at uh, 1609 uh, uh, concerns about privacy so we have two high windows in the bathrooms which are technically you know you're not really looking down and the other bedroom that's on the north side uh, right across from there is a uh, is a very large tree so that's what we, we would be looking at and and plus the neighbor's garage back there and the accessory building, and you really can't see much into their yard. Uh, and and by lowering the building, changing the roof line, you know, we reduced the or original uh, shadow impact that we were having. And and you know, same thing uh, with the neighbors on the left side and the right side. And we we reduce the shadow impact, and then the shadow impact that we have is uh, is minimal at this point. And I and I you know. You know, I've designed many, many of second story additions here in the Bay Area. And, you know, it's very hard to 
design something where you're going to have zero impact on an adjacent property living in this urban environment. And you know, we try to do as much as we can. We take things into consideration. I mean, we change roof lines. We, uh, you know, change the roof pitch. And those are the, all the things that we did here to uh, minimize the impact on the neighbors. And originally, the neighbors on the left-hand side and the right-hand side had, uh, you know, given us their support on this project. And that's when we, you know, kind of moved forward with things. Uh, and as far as the scale of the project, you know, it's basically a, a second story addition. Uh, and and the, the basement build out is really kind of a bonus at this point, but you know, that whole basement is generally, you know, below grade and we're able to get some windows in the front uh, and very, no windows in the back, nothing, very little on the side. So it, you know, we're asking for a second story addition, which is not an unreasonable thing to ask. We set the front of the facade back to get, uh, to, uh, stay within the 20 foot setback. We did the same thing in the rear. We set the rear wall back. So we're 20 feet from the setback. And the, the building itself is has a, a fairly good separation between the adjacent uh, properties, particularly the property from the rear. So, you know, privacy is, uh, you know, uh, it, it is there. But, you know, will somebody be able to stand there and look out? Yes. But, you know, I don't think it's that intrusive. Uh, I think we've done as much as we, you know, we can, given this very small uh, lot we have, and the reason for all of the, the 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 amount of use permits and administrative use permits is because of the the constraints we're having to deal with a very small lot, and it was already overbuilt. And uh, in order, you know, I mean, if this was an empty lot, we would be building a very very different structure on this site. But we're working with a, a given condition, and I think you know we've tried to do as much as we can and to give the homeowners a project that they want to continue living in. And you know, I'm running out of time, but they may not have time to speak, but this is a project that's really being designed for their family. And uh, you know, uh, there's one of their sons who's gonna continue living in that apartment next door is uh, visually impaired. He does not drive. Uh, uh, Sonny, you are, you are out of time. Um, yeah. Any questions. Thank you. Thank you very much for the presentation. You will have uh, a couple more minutes after the public speaks to uh, address any concerns that they bring up that you may be unaware of. Um, so now is the time. Uh, any questions for the applicant from this commission? Um, seeing none, I'd like to move forward with the uh, public uh, participation. Uh, I see one hand up. This, if you wish to speak on this project, this is your opportunity. And please raise your hand now um, so that I'll have a clear um, idea of how many people wish to uh, speak on this. I only see, I see Anna, Adam, Tamar, and Barbara. Does anyone else wish to speak on um, 1643, 1647, California? Okay. Yes, no, yes, yes. Okay, we have. Um, sure. Okay, very good. We have four people showing an interest in speaking. I'll give you each two minutes uh, to speak. If you can keep it to less, that's great, but you do have your two minutes. And uh, we'll start with Anna. Anna, you need to unmute. There you go. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, can I respond to the comment that Sunny made first before I begin my turn? You can, 
You know, you have to spend your two minutes however you wish. Okay, so the, the architect or the neighbors, they have never spoken to us about this project. Sunny came to ask us if we had any questions on the same day that they submitted the second submissions. Um, our property has too much love, large trees that shade much of our backyard. The remaining sunny spots where we gather on many afternoons and evenings are our rear deck and the open area to the west of the house. Both of those would be entirely shaded by the top floor of this project during summer afternoons and evenings. This poses a really dramatic impact on our property given that we've designed our very small home to be an indoor outdoor living space. The proposed upper level will also provide a clean line of sight directly into both our kitchen and bedroom. If this remodel happens and we leave our bedroom and bathroom doors in our house open, especially at night when the lights are on, the project proponents would even be able to see me sitting on the toilet. The privacy in our house will be gone. We recently significantly remodeled our home, making changes so we would not have to look at this really dilapidated property. We moved side windows and enlarged windows on the back wall of our house. The light provided through these windows and the view provided into and out of our house through them are threatened by this project. The material submitted misrepresents some key facts, suggesting that two adjacent neighbors support the project. That's untrue. All three adjacent neighbors oppose the proposed top level because of the impact on privacy and shade. The rationale for the requested five bedrooms and extra unit is the supposed need to house the family's adult children, even though they're all extremely successful in the, their careers and to live and able to live independently, while the family owns a 12 unit apartment complex less than a mile away. Moreover, this would be a two unit six bedroom house with no parking. One reason cited in the staff report in favor of the project is the restoration of the second dwelling unit. On this point, it's key to know that it was the Oppenheimers themselves who illegally removed the second unit long ago to construct a single family residence. The promise to now undo that illegal conversion should not be considered in favor of the project. Thanks. Um, Anna, um, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure I'm pronouncing your name. Is it Anna or Anna? Anna. Anna, thank you. Uh, what is your address, just so we know um, which property? Uh, I'm one of the residents that is in the uh, on the 1609 unit in back of this house our their entire backyard that's okay i just wanted to know the address backyard. thank you thank you um the thank you for coming and adam you are up you need to unmute hi can you hear me yes okay um so i'm the other resident at 1609 virginia street uh, and um, I, along with all the other neighbors that have our actually adjacent properties, you know, we're really as, uh, strongly opposed to this with a lot of the reasons that were brought up by some of the board members about the, the, uh, the shadow studies and the impact on privacy. Um, and so I'm glad that people looked at that. Um, you know, we all do want to see the Oppenheimers fix up their house. It's, it is in really bad shape on the exterior. Uh, over the past 20 years, you know, all four of these households have had really good relations. And it's really unfortunate that Disparate Plows plan is asking for so much and that's creating such tension in our corner of the community. Um, you know, the proposal is asking for seven use permits um, that would allow for addition of over 2,600 square feet of living space, ending up at a 3,800 square foot uh, property on a only 3,100 square foot lot. 
Um, I understand that the Oppenheimers want a large house, but that doesn't mean that this property of theirs is the appropriate place to build it. Um, it's already non-conforming in coverage, density, yard, and has no parking off street at all. Uh, approving this in effect would negate really the value of zoning rules um, and, and would really decrease the value of our property and the other properties in, in lieu of uh, increasing the value of the Oppenheimer's property. The, the city planner, Nick, he stated in his report, I'm just gonna repeat some things that he said, uh, this proposed project does not comply with the applicable objective zoning standards and the city may request modifications to mitigate or avoid the impact to the surrounding properties. Um, Nick also specifically suggested during the process this past year that the applicants reduce the impact to the neighbors by eliminating the upper floor, uh, which would still give them a 2,700 square foot uh, living space, which is still larger than all the neighbors that have bigger lots around them. Uh, but this you, is completely ignored on resubmission. We thus ask the board to request a major modification in line with the suggestion prior to continuing the hearing for this permit. Thank you, Adam. Um, I note that the, um, uh, that Barbara Fritz, uh, I'm going to uh, recognize you next. Hi, I'm here. Hey, Barbara. Hi. Um, I live at 1639, so I'm the north neighbor, and I'm really happy that the Oppenheimers are finally going to be able to do this project. Um, I've lived here for 40 years, so I've lived here since they moved in. And while, and they're aware, and Adam and Anna and the other neighbor Kay on the corner are aware. Um, I'm not happy about the shadow issues, but I really appreciate the explanation that the board has given about what you can and cannot deal with. Um, so I just want to give my support. Um, I'm sad that I am going to lose a certain amount of light in the winter. It is significant to me, but I do want to, um, you know, I'm not looking forward to the noise, <laughs> but I'm, I'm happy that the Oppenheimers are going to finally fix up their house which has needed work for a long time. And I look forward to having them as neighbors for a very long time. And that's all, I'm done. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming, Barbara, and speaking. Um, that's it for uh, public comment. We do have, uh, I noticed Tamar and Orr uh, Oppenheimer also have their hands up. Sunny, are those two of the owners? So you need to de demute. Uh, yes, uh, uh, Tamar is one of the uh, is the owners, and uh, or is a uh, their son. Okay. Well, uh, I'm going to um, bring them in because they are allowed to uh, to participate in the response, which they have two minutes for response to neighbors' concerns, as as do you. Uh, but you only have two minutes between the three of you, so use it wisely. Uh, sorry, Mr. Chair. Um, yes. Can you hear me? Yes. Uh, sorry. Um, I think Kay um, also keeps raising their hand, but it keeps going down. But oh, um, Tamar, or before you speak, um, there's another person who's been trying to speak. That, but they, 
I think there are connections. Okay, yep, it appears and doesn't appear. So not much I can, okay, there she is. Um, Kay, uh, yeah, she, she, her connection must be bad because she keeps disappearing. Yeah, there's a problem with her connection, I think. All right, well, uh, I'm gonna go, let's, I, I don't wanna stop the, proceed, the proceedings. Um, oh, there's Kay, can you, um, I don't, I don't know what the problem is with Kay. Kay Ristol, uh, is there anything that, that we can do to give her a chance to speak? I feel like I can hear something really light in the background. Mm -hmm. um, Kay, I wonder if you have a setting of some sort turned down or your microphone is covered. Yeah, I, I, we need to we need to keep the uh, meeting moving along. Okay, um, I'll give you the opportunity to speak uh, after the uh, these next two minutes if you can can manage to uh, cut in and, and say something. I wonder too. Um, Kay could also call in. Um, yeah, you could try that with a cell phone possibly. And then we could, um, yeah. Yeah, Kay, if you'd like to try calling in, you can put your hand down and let us know that way that you going to try to do that. Okay, I think we need to keep rolling. Uh, sorry, Kay, but technical difficulties instruct us from hearing you tonight. Um, so, uh, yeah, Sunny, uh, we'll start for two minutes. I'll, I'll have a, a either tomorrow or, or speak. Okay, very good. Emma, you can go. I'll go. Okay. Um, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yes. I actually, it's me and my husband is here. We just have one uh, computer. Uh, I wanted to really um, can you talk about the and the share. Adam's here. Oh, hang on. Let's Hello? let Kay speak. I can't hear them. Where's the, your volume? Kay, we can hear you now. Okay. Can speak up. We can hear you. We could a second ago. We can hear noise. Maybe because I. Yes, we can hear you. Speak away. Can you hear us? Mm. I I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. Hi, Adam. Anna's here. I'm on. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if you can hear me. Um, my name. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Um, my name is Kay Bristol, and I own the small duplex to the south of the uh, proposed remodel. Uh, I live in the side of 1651. And mm -hmm. I. Uh, I just want to ask, um, is this, it seems like in reading things that this project has already been approved, but I don't know if that's true. Can you tell me? You can't hear them anyway. 
no, I can't. This How is come I don't? You should just keep talking because you okay. can't hear them. Well, I guess I guess um, I can't hear you, but I guess you can hear me. Um, I'm wondering, uh, there are six to seven uh, use permits or variances uh, needed for this project. And I'm wondering if those are all uh, approved, what is the use of having those permits? Uh, all of the neighbors, I think, feel strongly, three of the neighbors on this, on the north, uh, east, and on the south, me, feel very strongly about the privacy issue and also the, um, the decreased value of our property if this huge uh, project is going to be um, okayed. So it seems like that, that a lot of the consideration of the, of the shade um, has not been really fully um, made, made done, 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 has not done, has not been evaluated correctly. It's a big problem. And privacy up, okay. is, is also the biggest problem. And I guess my time is running out. So I just want to say that uh, all of us feel so strongly about this. And uh, thank you very much for your attention. Uh, sorry about the mix up. No problem. Thank you. I'm glad you got a chance to speak. And we will try to address your questions uh, in yeah, uh, the discussion. Okay, very good. So now, uh, Sunny uh, or Tamar, you have your two minutes. Yeah, I'll let Tamar speak. Okay, Tamar, go for it. You need to, un you need to unmute, uh, Tamar, if you wish to speak. Okay, can you hear me now? Yes. Uh, the main idea of the project was that one of the units will go toward my son. Sonny started to say that my, our uh, youngest is vision impaired and he will never have a car. So there won't be any problem with parking him in the street. He cannot use a car and he will use public transportation, the BART and buses, and will walk to uh, shops like Montori Market for shopping. So when we give him one unit, we, if we don't do any remodeling, we stay with one bedroom apartment for the whole family when we actually have four kids that like to come over. Uh, we have a family gathering and hoping we'll get to the part of um, grandkids one day that we will really has, like to host those big family dinners inside and outside in our yard like we did most of the uh, Corona time and we still do it. And about the shadow and the privacy, I sent this morning picture from the second floor. I actually went up there, went to the area where the um, bedroom is gonna be that everybody's very concerned and to the corner close to K area. And in the picture, you can see that we don't see any of the seating of um, uh, K's area at all. Nothing from the yard, you've got roofs and, and, um, and plants and trees. And there's no reason to be concerned about that area. Definitely because we're also going to have bathrooms there and the windows won't be windows that you see through. And about Adam and uh, Anna's area, there are two pictures uh, in those photos that I sent today that show that directly from that bedroom is the trees. So we don't see anything. And if I did a wide angle pictures, you can see on the side their bedroom windows 
and but definitely we cannot see anything in their yard or the seating that they were mentioning in their yard and that we're taking all over the privacy. One of the picture, other pictures show that right now we can see their kitchen window and that will be stay the same from the yard. We can always see their kitchen window. We need to wrap up tomorrow. And also a case uh, windows will be exactly the same. We can see it now and we'll keep seeing it because we see her kitchen window now Thank and we'll you. keep seeing it. And also my husband would like to talk. Uh, no, you're, you've used your time. Thank you very much. Um, so I'd like to bring it back to the uh, commission um, for uh, comment. And uh, yeah, open it up for, for any discussion that, that you may want to have. Um, I, I would like to, to respond to some of the qu uh, questions that were voiced, in particular by uh, Kay there. Um, at the end. Um, Kay, I, I, I appreciate your concern that this feels like a foregone conclusion. Um, and to some extent it is because of the state statute that really restricts what we can do. Not 100%. We can still make uh, adjustments to or recommend adjustments to the plans. Uh, specific adjustments that can help with privacy concerns, for example. But um, we can't rule on parking because the city no longer requires parking of, of new uh, units. Um, and we aren't empowered to go against the will of the council. Um, and we can't deny the uh, new unit because uh, the state uh, law doesn't allow that. Um, if any of you uh, members of the community had made specific requests or recommendations about uh, reducing or modifying architectural elements to the building. That's the kind of thing that we have uh, requested in the past and we would request again. I didn't hear any uh, specific requests along those lines. So um, I, don't, I, I don't know if there's really anything we can do to help out here. Um, Igor, I see you have your hand up. Um, would you like to comment? Uh, I just had a couple of questions for staff in response to some of the comments I heard. Um, the first one, um, on the number of use permits being requested, and I recognize this is a term of art for us. We deal with this every two weeks. Um, but this is new to a lot of members of the public. But just to confirm, staff, can you confirm that there are in total two use permits and four administrative use permits that typically would be, you know, if it was just administrative use permits and no use permits, this could be approved through staff review. It wouldn't even go to us. Um, you are correct, two use permits, but there actually are five total administrative use permits. The, um, the third bullet on the zoning permits requested mentions administrative use permits for horizontally extending two non-conforming setbacks. Technically, those are individual administrative use permits. You could do one and not the other. But yes, typically administrative use permits would be done outside of the ZAPS program. Got it. Thank you so much. Um, my next question is if you could um, once again clarify what you said about objective standards, because I think I heard it 
differently than um, um, the way that a neighbor heard it, but I just wanted to make sure. Um, are there any objective standards involved that govern um, this parcel? And if so, what are they? Sure, there actually are. The two use permits have specific objectives requirements that must be made. Uh, the use permit about being over the density says that you're not increasing the density or going over the height limit. They are meeting both of those standards. Similarly, with the um, use permit for um, non-conforming lot coverage, as long as they're not increasing the lot coverage or going over the height limit, they are permitted um, still through the use permit standards and general non-detriment findings. And then the administrative use permits about horizontally extending the non-conforming yards stipulates that they are not further decreasing the non-conforming yards and they are not doing that. Thank you. Um, and my last question, um, uh, one um, member of the public commented that there was um, some back and forth um, allegedly between uh, you and the applicant team yeah, and that recommendations were made to reduce the floor area. Um, could you speak to that? Um, I, because I didn't hear that part in the introductory report. Sure. Um, yes, during the completeness review process of applications, we sometimes uh, include what we call advisory comments to applicants. They aren't specific um, incompleteness items where they must be solved before a complete application, but they're um, comments that staff can provide if we feel it might lead to a better project. Um, we did provide advisory comments in the first round of the application, uh, specifically around the top level of the building. In, in the initial uh, application, as um, Sunny mentioned, it was actually a three-story design. That project would have required a variance to the lot coverage. One of the advisory comments was that uh, they removed the variance requirement by way of not lifting the house and creating a basement story, but by keeping it as a two-story element. But one of the suggestions was as an option to lift the house as they had originally proposed to create the basement level, but not to add the top level to the building. They chose to do the other option, which was to not raise the house, but still keep the second, the, the top level. They also did modify, um, they had kind of a butterfly shed roof design that pushed out the, the taller elements to the outer edges of the buildings. Um, and that was modified to a gabled roof design um, in order to try to reduce some of those impacts and also uh, reduce the average height of the building. Thank you for that, Nick. Any more questions, Zeebloers? Oh, thank you so much. Um, Debbie? Yeah, my question is, I've, I've been struggling with the shadow studies. And Carrie, you may have some good ideas on this here, Charles. Trying to figure out what kind of configuration might reduce the um, shadows on 1639 and 1609. And other, I mean, they've already moved the front of the building back. They've already pulled the back of the building in. So uh, the only other way I could see to reduce that shadow impact would be to actually lower the roof. 
So that gets into what you just described, Nick, about, you know, raising the house and making the basement a full story, which would make it much more functional, even though it counts as square footage, it's got, not got a whole lot of light. I mean, it's gonna be a, a rec room primarily. Um, so if they had raised the house, so they had either way, they would have had the same amount of shadow. And I guess that's my, my question um, is, I, I don't see a way to reduce the amount of shadow on 1639 or 1609 without just saying no second story. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm trying to see if there's a way we could tweak the, the second story. And, and um, other than saying have half as much space, uh, make do with a basement, which is not, going to be a very nice space because it's going to be there are very few windows and they're high up um i was trying to find if there were any options for reducing the shadows and it it seems to me it, unless we just say reduce the square footage of the second floor you know cut the second floor in half uh i don't know what other options we would have and it, it looked to me like they had already um take, you know, made the changes, made a number of changes that reduce the shadows, but not completely. Um, so, and I, and I guess, so I guess my question is, as you looked at these possible changes of the first floor and the second floor and, and what the restrictions are on us by the state, we can't, we can't deny the unit. Um, can we reduce the square footage? Now, I'm not saying we want to, but I want to better understand what the parameters are on what we may and may not do. Um, so it's, the, it's, it's in that gray area that I, I need some guidance. Um, as, as one point of, uh, sorry, Charles. Uh, as one point of clarity, um, the second unit is not technically being added to the property because it had originally um, right. been on the property and it had been illegally removed. So as a right. component of the project, they have to restore it. Okay. Um, but Good. there isn't anything in the HA that says that a reduction in square footage would not be permitted uh, if it is a way to mitigate some of the impacts. Um, it's just that you cannot uh, uh, approve it at a lower density or deny the project. Um, so it doesn't say that you could not reduce the square footage of the project. Um, as a point, but uh, hold that thought, Nick. Uh, I'm actually referring, uh, I'm pulling up the uh, memo from uh, Steve. Mm, from August, and, and I'll be able to quote it precisely <laughs> to make sure that it's, uh, that they were doing the right thing. So uh, any other questions here or comments from... Yes, Charles, just wanted to let you know we're at 855. We'll need a captioner's break at nine. Okay, thanks. Mm. Um, hopefully we can uh, get to a vote before then, but uh, my computer is taking its own sweet time. Okay, I'm reading the memorandum and uh, the uh, Let's see. Is there any anyone else that would like to speak while I'm um, 
looking this up. Carrie, you have your hand up. Can Carrie speak? Yeah, I'll tell you what, uh, while I'm looking at this, Shoshana, could you take over as chair? Sure, uh, Carrie. Um, I, I'm not sure if we have any wiggle room on this. Um, I'm assuming we don't, but staff can tell me if we do. Um, this is a, I'm sorry, my kids grew up, they left home. It's just my husband and I. So this is a house where it's just going to be mom, dad, and one son. And yet we're approving six bedrooms. We have no wiggle room. Just let me know, Nick. I just, I'm curious. Just to clarify, five bedrooms. Five bedrooms, but okay, five bedrooms. I, I, I just don't want to be doing a mini dorm here, you know? Sorry. Um. Nick, do you want to answer? I have a comment, but I think that was addressed to you. Yeah, I mean, again, our understanding of the HA is that it just can't be denied or reduced in density. Um, but if, if there's a specific adverse impact, we actually did have a project that the ZAB uh, considered previously in the hillside that did require the moving of a structure in order to attempt to reduce the impacts while that project was HA compliant. You say moving was the square footage reduced? The square footage, yeah. um, technically it was reduced just slightly, but the, um, the major components of it were not. Just, it was I, I found the, the paragraph, ah. the smoking gun. Uh, this <laughs> is from page three of uh, staff communication to ZAB 826-2021 from uh, Steve Buckley, planning director. Um, I think is that the planning manager, sorry. The first paragraph. For purposes of the HAA, lower density, in quotes, includes any conditions that have the same effect or impact on the ability of the project to provide housing, generally understood to mean the total number of dwelling units, but also related to overall square footage, number of bedrooms, et cetera. So that was a new finding, Nick. That was not the old policy of the city. And that's why I made note of it at the time. The prior policy of the city prior to this memo was it was only number of units that was protected by the HAA. And ah. he did his homework and worked with the city attorney to identify no uh, square footage and number of bedrooms are also covered because they provide housing. So that's, that's, um, that's from uh, 826.21, I'll send you the link. Nick, uh, so that you can share that with other members of staff. Okay. Um, so, and Carrie, that kind of answers your question. We can't reduce the number of bedrooms um, for HAA. So, you know, our hands are, I mean, it does seem like our hands are tied on, on most of these issues. Um, Shijan, I'll go ahead and, and, and uh, resume the chair with your permission. Yeah, I was going to make a comment as Tara, but I already assumed you were back. Yeah, thank you. Um, so, yeah, that was my understanding as well. So thank you so much for clarifying. I don't think we can reduce the square footage. Um, that's that's what I thought the rules were also. Um, and I just want to say in response to Carrie's comment, it's sort of moot at this point, but um, I just want to remind the board that when we make decisions, we cannot, should not, and cannot take into account what the stated purpose is by the applicant. 
doesn't matter who's going to live there or what they intend to do with it because we're granting a use permit that goes with the house. So they could sell it the second they get the permit and somebody else could build it. It's, it doesn't matter. It's like a mirage. We just need to look at, look carefully at what we're approving, what the concrete objective impacts are, regardless of how the house is used, who's living there, what they're doing. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, that, Shoshana. Um, so I have two hands up, Carrie and Debbie, and I'll recognize you in that order. I, I won't take long. Sorry. Thank you, Shoshana, for that. And I'm asking not just, I'm not asking for myself. I'm asking because we have very interested neighbors and they, they need to understand why it is that, that this zoning board is going to end up approving this project. It's not that we couldn't make modifications. I want to stress that I have a couple of ideas, but, but this is the size of the project we're presented with. Uh, do you want to expand on those ideas, Carrie, or do you want to wait? Um, sure. I I think that there are uh, a lot of windows that look down on neighbors and they're concerned about privacy. I think that we could ask that those windows on the second floor be um, cut in half and a couple of them on the first floor on the north side that are already small now, so they could just remain small. Um, and I think that would help. I, I agree with Debbie that I, I don't see any way to change the bulk of this thing unless we made the roof lower. But Charles, I'd have to rely on you to come up with an idea for that. Um, so that's, that's all I have to suggest. Oh, the other thing is that um, pathway that goes to unit number two on the north side of the building, there's no fence there. And it just seems like uh, uh, it's expecting this to be a grade to a entryway and a driveway that probably doesn't really exist. So should we ask for a fence? Just putting it out there. Um, I, I'd like to, uh, Debbie, with your permission, I'd like to uh, respond to Carrie's uh, question about, um, the windows and stuff. We do need to take a break. It's um, okay. Oh, it's oh, it is nine o'clock. Nine o two. Okay. <laughs> then, then I'll hold that for and and Debbie, you'll be the first one heard um, when we come back. And uh, I guess it's standard to take a ten minute break. Um, we have one more. It'd be nice to get done before we all fall asleep. And I think we have to stop at ten anyway. So let's be back at nine ten. We'll make it nine twelve. Nine twelve on the button. Thanks.
Okay, uh, let's get this um, let's get this underway. Uh, Debbie, why don't you go ahead and um, say your piece? I don't want to interrupt you. Can you hear me, Debbie? Can anyone hear me? Hold your thumb up if you can hear me. Yep. I'm not sure. Debbie doesn't seem to be hearing anything. I'm going to try to text her. Debbie, can you hear me? Hold your thumb up if you can hear me. No? Um, okay, well, I think we should we should move forward. Um, Debbie, can you hear me? Yes, no. Samantha, can you hear me? I can yes. hear you. Good. All right. I don't know what the problem. This seems to be a problem with Debbie's uh, system. I sent her a text to tell her to. Uh, Sign up and yeah, she's going to sign off and then try to get back on and hopefully we'll solve that. Um, so um, here, you know, and, and uh, Debbie was asking this question too. What can we do to mitigate? Uh, most of the concerns voiced by the neighbors were uh, related to shadow and um, light, and I don't see anything more we can do. These this building's already as low as it can go, and the recommendation from staff to go from the butterfly roof, which they could have requested to the cable roof is an advice that they took. I think it's good advice, very thoughtful of the neighbor's privacy and, and uh, well shadowing concerns predominantly, light and air. So that was a good move. Um, certainly dropping, uh, you know, not, not pushing up the highest that they could go is, is helping. And, um, you know, these aren't high ceiling heights. So uh, I'm kind of, the other thing is they did uh, respect the 20 foot um, setback at the rear and the front on the new second floor, which really does mitigate the shadow lines of those floors substantially. So I feel like most of the mitigations are in place. Um, I didn't hear anything from the neighbors, Carrie, asking or expressing concerns about windows or window privacy. So, uh, and I, I listen to neighbors and try to respond to neighbors' concerns rather than just trying to, you know, apply uh, a restriction for the sake of, of appealing to be, appearing to be accommodating of neighbors' concerns when it really doesn't address the concerns that they voiced. I mean, I heard voices about uh, parking, about, um, uh, light uh, and and uh, actually honestly I looked at the shadow plans and I don't think that this is dramatically uh, increasing the amount of shadow that the units are currently the neighbors are currently experiencing so um, 
you know, it's a modest, uh, it's a second story edition. A uh, homeowner has the right to put a second story on. And I'm going to go ahead and move for approval. Oh, uh, did Debbie get back on? She seems to be having some real trouble with her. Um, no, I just have to remember to turn the headset on. You know, I turn oh, it off gotcha. and then I forget to turn it back on. It's like, what's okay. wrong here? You know, and it's like, I had come to the same conclusion and I spent a fair amount of time looking at the distances between the house and the different sitting areas and noticed that the... Um, my little chart of all of this the southeast the the southeast corner that looks out over um let's try to get these numbers right i mean i understand from the neighbor's concern that this is different and it it will introduce changes in how they arrange their living pattern with their neighbors um I, I live in a house where I can see into my neighbor's, directly into my neighbor's dining room window on one side and directly into the kitchen window on the other side. And somehow it evolved of who put curtains up, you know, very see-through curtains that light comes in, but you can't really see the people. So you can accommodate this increased density over time and it, it won't be the same, but it won't be awful, I guess. And um, I understand that the change is, is upsetting and you're concerned with the impacts, but the impacts themselves have ways, other ways of being accommodated without saying, no, you can't build this building. And as far as the shadows go, um, I don't see any other way around it. And most of the shadows that people mentioned are what I call transitory shadows. It's one time of the year, you know, particularly two or three months, and it'll be a late afternoon or time, you know, it won't be like the windows will be shaded all day. And so I'm, I'm with you, Charles. I mean, I've looked at who's sitting in what room, looking out where and how far away it is. Um, and I think it's, it, it, these are the typical impacts in an urban area, even though for these neighbors, you know, I recognize and appreciate that it's different than what you're used to. Um, but that said, I think I would support the project. Those comments, Carrie? Uh, well, I, um, I don't disagree. Um, and, but I do, I do want to have the, I think it's important we have this discussion again in front of the public so they understand why we're making the decisions we make. So I'll second your motion, Charles. Thank you, Carrie. Okay, uh, we have a motion, we have a second. Uh, if there's no further discussion, I'd like to have a vote so we can have our final item tonight. Uh, Samantha? Thank you. So this is to approve uh, 1643, 1647 California Street. Commissioner Duffy? Yes. Commissioner Thompson? Yes. Commissioner Olson? Yes. Commissioner Gaffney? 
Yes. Commissioner Tan? Yes. Commissioner Khan? Yes. Uh, Commissioner Sanderson? Yes. Vice Chair O'Keefe? Yes. And Commissioner Trigo? Yes. Thank you, Samantha. That was a unanimous vote in favor of the use permit, which is now granted, subject to all the uh, terms and conditions that uh, have been applied. Um, and we can proceed with our final item of the night, which is 1201-1205 San Pablo. And this, if I understand correctly, Charles is a, yes. Can you hear me? Uh, yeah, I just think you should mention that um, it's been approved, but it can be appealed to the council so the neighbors fully understand their rights. Okay, yes, um, this has been approved and can be appealed to council and I always get the dates wrong. <laughs> two weeks. Within 10 days, two weeks. Two weeks, of, two weeks. <laughs> okay, of the... Um, clerical entry of the approval, I think is how it works, which takes a few days anyway. Um, okay, uh, with that, we uh, should proceed with um, 1201, 1205 San Pablo Avenue. This is a new public hearing. It's a project preview, which means that uh, we will be making a, only making advisory comments tonight. We will not be taking a vote. Um, Samantha, uh, could you, could you explain, uh, is the project preview a requirement on uh, certain projects um, or is it just recommended? I noticed that we sometimes seem to see these, sometimes we don't, just a point of, of uh, information. Um, I'm gonna let Sharon take that. <laughs> um, it's, not, it's, it's not required, but I think we end up with no. better projects, so. Yeah. Yeah, they're not required. I think uh, we've kind of um, varied um, over time. You know, for a while there, we were uh, asking planners to bring them to ZAP previews whenever possible. Um, and then um, with SB 330 and limits on the five meeting, a public meeting rule in place, um, you know, we were starting to look at previews as maybe um, something that could be omitted um, just to save the number of meetings that we put a project through. Um, but in this case, um, you know, as Samantha said, I think it makes for a better project. It gives the, the ZAB a chance to uh, comment on projects early on. Um, mm -hmm. And then when it comes back for decision, uh, ZAB is also familiar with the project. And so I think it, it does make for a better project in a process. In this case, uh, we have a few meetings to spare because it's a vacant lot. And so there's no demo referral. It doesn't have to go to LPC. Um, so we opted to go with a, a preview here. Okay, yeah, it's just um, given given that it seems everything coming our way these days, it's SB 3.30 protected that, um, you know, I also serve in design review and, you know, we only get so many bites of the apple too. And it's taking away another opportunity for design review. So um, mm -hmm. I'm just not, I'm not sure it's always the best idea. Um, because you know, if 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 we have the hearings available and Zab needs to see it again, we can always ask someone to come back. So, just uh, thanks for the clarification. I appreciate that. Sure. Um, 
All right, with that, let us proceed with uh, your presentation of the current uh, project. It, it is standard for staff to describe the project in a project preview, I believe, right? Mm -hmm. And I will do that. Um, good evening, board members. Um, this is a project preview for use permit ZP 2021 0070 at 1201 San Pablo Avenue uh, to merge two lots into one and construct a six story mixed use building with state density bonus on the vacant lot. The project site is located in the southeast corner of the intersection of San Pablo Avenue and Harrison Street in the CW West Berkeley Commercial District within the Gilman and San Pablo designated node. Um, so for the context to the site's north is an auto repair shop. To the east is the R2 restricted two-family residential district and single-family dwellings in that neighborhood. To the south is a multifamily dwelling. Uh, and to the west are uh, existing tattoo parlor, art gallery and a vacated fast food restaurant, Church's Chicken site. Um, also on that site in November of 2020, we approved uh, a project for 104 unit um, mixed use building. Um, and that project is, um, hasn't come back for building permits yet, but we are waiting for that. We're anticipating that. Um, as I mentioned, the project would merge the two lots into one and request to use permits to construct a six-story mixed-use building and main, with main components of the project, including 66 dwelling units uh, with two, 22 studios, 34 one-bedroom units, and 10 bedroom, two-bedroom units, and 76 bedrooms in total. It has or is offering five very low-income units. It has... 1,720 square feet of ground floor commercial space, 2,514 square feet of usable open space in the form of a second floor podium courtyard, private patios, and a sixth floor roof deck. And it has a ground level garage with 17 to 28 vehicle parking spaces. That variation is due to um, leaving open the option for the applicant to determine the final amount of parking spaces and parking lifts um, based upon financial considerations. And they would be deciding that um, prior to the application for building permits. But the, the amount of parking that's being offered is within the range of the minimum and maximum um, standards for the site. Um, and finally, a 64 space bike room. The project qualifies for a state density bonus by providing the five very low income units for a 32.5% bonus or 17 bonus units and would add 16 out of the possible 17 units to the 50 unit base project for a total of 66 units. Pursuant to density bonus provisions, the project requests a concession to reduce the required amount of usable open space to eliminate the cost of providing an additional occupiable roof deck and request waivers for FAR and height. Um, there's, there's been a lot of discussion of HAA compliance tonight. This project also is eligible for approval according to the State Housing Accountability Act or HAA. Pursuant to the HAA, because the project is compliant with all objective general plan and zoning standards, it can't be denied 
nor approved at a reduced density unless findings for specific adverse impact can be made. And finally, the project is eligible for SB 330 streamlined review. And this meeting is the first public hearing out of the five meetings that the city can hold for review and decision on the project. It's currently scheduled for its second public meeting before the design review committee uh, for preliminary design review on January 20th in 2022. Tonight, staff requests that the ZAB provide advisory comments and direction regarding building design and its compatibility with the neighborhood and the proposed waivers of development standards. Staff also requests that ZAB provide advisory comments regarding additional issues and analysis that the staff, the next staff report should address. And I can take any questions about the project. Any questions for Sharon at this time, Kimberly? All right, yeah. Um, Sharon, I just wanted to um, clarify what uh, a district node um, would be for us and the public, um, since I don't think we've seen one of these before, at least for a while. Okay, so in the West Berkeley plan, there are designated nodes. There are certain um, restrictions or standards that are specific to nodes that have to do with um, activity on the street level, on transparency um, of the glazing that's on the ground level. Um, it's just to pro promote um, the street level activity in the area. And so this is the Gilman and San Pablo node. Wonderful, thank you so much. Mm -hmm. um, if, uh, Michael? Um, just that you guys, I'm, I'm having some strange things going on with my mic. You guys can hear me okay? Pretty well. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, sorry about that. sign language if you have to. <laughs> <laughs> you would be quite upset. Um, just a quick question on the um, on on the uh, the bonus or uh, or the uh, the five very low income units. Um, that ten percent is that a requirement? Like, um, does it have to be that many units in order to get the additional seventeen? I guess is my question. Um. So the, the number of, or the a percentage of bonus units is based on how many um, below market rate units that you provide in the project. And there are different numbers according to what type of BMR unit you have are providing. Um, most projects provide, um, you know, very low income units because it just seems to be financially the most beneficial to projects. You get the most bang for your buck. Um, and so in this case, the five very low income units gets them 32.5%. Um, a lot of projects will do 11% and get the maximum. Well, at this point, there's no, it's not the maximum 35% bonus. Now you can get, you know, if you provide 15%, you can get 50% um, bonus units. So it, it varies by level, but there are minimums too that you have to provide in order to qualify for state density bonus. And this is above that. Thank you. Okay, I don't see any more uh, comments or questions from uh, this commission. So I'll uh, offer the applicant an opportunity to present. Eric, are you presenting for 
Yeah. I'll be speaking on behalf of the project team today. Um, Sharon, can you also promote Isaiah if he's in here to um, the speaker as well, in case um, either he or David want to chime in at any point? And I'll share my screen in the meantime. Isaiah, yeah, I'll, I'll uh, bring Isaiah in. Uh, and there's David. I don't okay. see him. Great. Oh, wait, yes, I do. There he is. Okay. Does everyone see my screen? All right, well, thank you, Sharon, for providing project intro and uh, good evening, members of Zab. Uh, my name is Eric Tam, and on the call with me tonight are, as you can see, David and Isaiah um, of Trackenberg Architects. We'll be presenting our proposed project at 12.01 San Pablo tonight. And if I can get this to pan to the next slide. Um, the project's located, as Sharon said, at the intersection of Harrison Street and San Pablo Avenue on what's currently an empty lot and a require lot merger. Uh, here's a project that's seen from various points along San Pablo uh, and Harrison. Not, okay. right, go ahead. Is it is it following along or is there a lag between? Right, right. there's a lag. Uh, okay, I see. I'll pause a little bit before, um, you know, each one, the when I'm seeing it. Uh, All right, we'll so, try to give you a little extra time to accommodate that. So this is our um, project. It's a six-story building with 66 apartments. Um, 2,514 square feet of qualifying open space, a 1,720 square feet commercial ground floor space and on-site parking for 64 bicycles and up to 28 cars. Uh, more on the up to on the next slide. So here's the ground floor and we hope that the corner commercial space would be taken up by a cafe, restaurant or some other active use. The ownership team hasn't decided whether to use parklift machines in the um, parking garage yet. So they're, the range available if we don't use parklift is 17 spaces and if we do is 28. Um, some additional things to note on this um, level are the five foot voluntary setback along the um, east which is the top of the page um, that'll be planted with trees and the proposed drop-off parking spot along San Pablo to address how much deliveries um, are present in our lives nowadays. The unit started up next floor at the podium level it's a there's a good mix of studios one bedrooms and two bedrooms as shown by different colors. This floor also has the common area garden, which will be shown in more detail in the landscape plans. This project also begins to step back at this level, um, voluntarily going from five feet to 10 feet along the east and along the south, it goes from zero feet to 10 feet. Levels three and four are the same as a previous um, plan at the, at the podium level, but at level five, the project begins to step back even further. We remove one row of units to pull the entire building back to 30 feet, two feet back from the property line. And then at level six, another row was removed. So all the units at this level are 47 feet back from the Eastern property line. Um, this project will have shadow impacts and um, most of the shadows will be cast during the early hours of the day or before, right before sunset. But as you saw during in the plans, um, we've tried to be really to be good neighbors and with the design by stepping the building back significantly at each floor. And with each of our projects, we really try to strike that tricky balance of getting the higher densities that we need to address the housing shortage while also respecting the concerns of our neighbors. So here are elevations. Um, we're proposing a handsome palette of earthy tones using integral color stucco and corten steel for texture. A large lobby, corner commercial, and plenty of glazing at the ground floor create active and vibrant streets. In this view, you can more clearly see the step backs 
that we've designed to help smooth the transition from high density along San Pablo to the lower densities along the east. And all around the building, details such as cornices really help um, increase the shadow play and visually cap the building. We hope that planting trees along the east, as you can see here on the right-hand side, will also provide a softer, buff a softer buff buffer between our project and our neighbors. And here's a building in a larger context with uh, 1200 San Pablo across the street. It's another approved mixed use building. Here's our project in the context of the current streetscape. As you can see, the large trees along the streets really um, provide mm -hmm. some buffering of the building throughout um, various, from various viewpoints. And here's our building in section, which really highlights our step backs at um, various portions of our building. We really try to provide articulation at all scales. Um, for example, our windows are designed with recesses and sills that create depth and shadow play. Um, and once again, we have a simple but warm and timeless material palette. Landscape-wise, at the ground floor, details such as paving along the curb and planting strips really help create richer and softer streets. And at the podium level, we have a playfully designed common garden that's still set back um, from our neighbors by a large planting buffer, as you can see on the top of the page. The same details present on the roof level. Um, a large perimeter planter prevents residents from getting too close to the edge and helps with privacy for our neighbors. Um, and here's an additional view showing various sections throughout uh, the project at the street and at the podium, as well as a preliminary planting palette that we're thinking throughout the site. Here's an additional view of the building showing the steps along Harrison and the transition from high density along San Pablo to low densities, a lower density. And another view showing the building from across the street at sunset. So that's our presentation. Thank you so much for your time and we're open to any questions and comments that you may have about our project. Um, I think I'd like to, well, yeah, let's go ahead and open it up to questions from uh, the commission. Um, Igor. Uh, thank you. Um, okay, I have one question for the applicant um, and maybe staff, you'll be chime in as well. Um, I was trying to understand um, what you are, um, so how you're intending to reconfigure parking between the minimum and maximum. Would it be based on demand? And if, um, if not all the spots um, need to be filled, are you looking at other opportunities um, maybe to use that space in a different way? Um, I was curious about EV charging infrastructure that you're intending um, within the parking that you're proposing. Um, and my other question was um, uh, in the staff report, it mentioned that a denser project was approved, um, if I understand correctly, on this part. So I vaguely recall this from two years ago. Uh, could you talk about just the, the thinking behind um, how what was approved then evolved into this design? So um, I'll just go down through each of your um, questions. And thank you again for asking these questions, Igor. Um, 
So regarding the reconfiguration of the new minimums and maximums, um, I believe when we first submitted this, that was, I don't re remember the exact date, but I think that was still in the works or it wasn't set yet. So um, these parkings requirements are kind of based off of leasing and the, owner, the ownership team is still studying that. That's why we're, you know, we have the option right now that we haven't decided whether to use parking stackers or not in our, in our previous projects, you know, um, especially when there's commercial on site, parking is still kind of a cons uh, consideration. There is a minimum required um, for ground floor commercial um, through zoning. Uh, so we, it's something that we will explore. Definitely, I think it's a concern. Um, the, project the project team understands that, you know, it's a waste to have underutilized parking and to build out that space um, and have it be vacant. So as the project continues along, that's something we'll continue to study um, and evaluate. Um, regarding EV infrastructure, so our, our project does say um, there'll be 20% of the proposed parking that is ultimately going to be entitled um, will, be, will be EV ready. And then the rest will have raceways. The remaining 80% will be, will have the circuits ready if I'm, uh, if I'm correct on that, Sharon. Uh, sorry, I'm always a little dicey about what the exact details of that are. Maybe you can correct me afterwards. Um, and then regarding the previously approved project, I'm personally not as familiar, but I believe we're providing a denser project than what was previously approved. Um, maybe Isaiah can chime yeah, in on that. Um, yeah, I, I would just mention that this project isn't at all related in any way to that, yeah. that much older project. It's new ownership and a new project sponsor and a, a fresh look at the project. Again, no, no relation to that previous project. Thank you so much. Any other comments or I mean, any other questions from uh, this group? Okay, uh, Debbie. Um, am I on? Yes, okay. Um, I know it's probably in here, but I can't find it. Can you tell me what the average unit size is for your studios, your one bedrooms and your two bedrooms? Hold on a second. Let me, I have to pull up a separate, um, separate I document. I keep looking on this sheet, but I can't seem to find it. So in our, in our, um, in our plans, we don't break out the averages for each unit size. We have a cumulative average on the density bonus um, calculation sheet, but that also is inclusive of all residential area. So it's not, the most accurate reflection right. of um, unit sizes. Um, but I do have one internally saved um, that we can, if you just give me a minute. Sure, no problem. I can speak to the electric vehicle charging um, Thanks, standard Sharon. condition that we have. Um, so it is at least 20% of the parking spaces for residential shall be EV charger ready, equipped with raceway wiring power to allow for future level two plug-in electric vehicle charging system installation. And at least 80% of the project parking for um, residential shall be EV spaces raceway equipped, equipped with a raceway between an, an enclosed inaccessible or concealed area and an electrical service panel sub panel. What's Thanks. the difference? I What's think the, the 
Go ahead. 20%. What's the difference between those two categories? <laughs> I, I think the twenty percent is for actual. You can you can plug it in. Okay. You can actually use them, and the eighty percent, at least eighty percent, is just equipped with a raceway ready for okay. installation of uh, charging stations. Okay. Thank you. In the future. Thanks for clarifying, Sharon. Mm -hmm. I always get mixed up as well <laughs> with those. Yeah, it's it keeps changing too. So. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Karen? Next oh, sorry. One more. I, I pulled up the sheet as well um, for uh, Deborah. So our small studios are at 360 square feet and they go up to 420. We have a junior one bedroom um, that is 464 square feet. Our um, one bedrooms are between 528 and 543 square feet. And our two bedrooms are 828 square feet. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. Thanks for that. Uh, Carrie? Uh, yeah, I was on design review for the last project approved on this site, and I couldn't be uh, happier to see a new project. Um, that said, there's some things I'm going to be watching out for. Um, the reason there's the difference on the electric is because back when parking was required, we um, heard from a lot of developers who were worried they wouldn't be supplying enough electric power to eventually comply with the need for having an all electric fleet inside that garage. So we're at, we asked at the time that developers would please consider this. And I still want, I would ask that you guys consider this for all of your parking spaces. You're not gonna have that many, but you don't want any of your tenants, your paying tenants, whether they're commercial or residential, to not be able to park their vehicle because they can't, can't park it. And providing 110 for now is fine, but eventually they'll have to have a fast charger. Um, the other things I will be looking for, one is not at all your problem, but it is staff's problem. Um, we need to have preferred parking in this neighborhood. And if the staff could start looking into how and how that could happen, that would really be terrific. Because I think that'll take away most issue. Um, you, I'm surprised we don't have um, a huge crowd because we had a huge crowd when the first project came along for this site. Um, and their concern was parking back then too, but it also was, um, loss of light, that this project steps down to that neighborhood is a real bonus. We'll see if they think it's enough. Um, and I haven't gone over your planting list in detail, but I will say that when the time comes to really come to Zab for yes or no, we will be looking for native plants. And uh, this is also more of a staff problem than your problem, but we'll be looking for some bird safe solution for the windows, particularly on the west and the east side of the building. That's all I have. Thanks, Carrie. Um, yeah, uh, I wanna hear from the public. So um, I'm gonna go ahead and go and then we'll be able to come back and make uh, other advisory comments. Um, let's move to that. Um, so for attendees, as members of the public have come tonight to speak on this uh, project, um, this is your big chance. And I only see one person with their hand raised, two, three. 
uh, Christina D. Hayes and Libby Black, are you the, oh, Matthew Hardy. Okay. Anyone else wish to speak on this uh, proposed project tonight from the public? Mary Wyand, anyone else? Okay, um, so I have Christina D. Hayes, Libby Black, Matthew Hardy, and Mary Wyand to speak. Um, since it's just the five of you, I'll give you each your full two minutes. You don't have to take the full two. We always appreciate it when people can be brief. And uh, I'll start, just take you in order if you raise their hands. Christina, you're recognized. Hi, thank you. Yes, um, I, uh, I live around the corner on Keynes Avenue on Keynes and Harrison. Um, and I've seen the project reviews for the other property mentioned on the other side of San Pablo as well. And the same concern was raised back then as it is for this project. And that is the concern around parking that has been somewhat already expressed. Um, I already struggle with trying to find parking in front of my own home currently, and I just am struggling to understand how a 66-unit building with only 17 to 28 parking spaces will be sufficient. Uh, while I think we are happy to applaud or, or grab the notion that people are going to be taking public transportation, I think it is more of a reality check to appreciate that there will be a lot more cars than what is being accommodated for in this building. It's a safety issue. If I can't park in front of my house, I have to park several blocks away. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it's, it invites more car break-ins if more of those residents in that building are parking on the street. We already have enough crime around that petty theft and petty crime. This is only just going to increase that. Um, and also trash. I'm constantly picking up trash in front of my house because of just the spillover of parking from people and either on San Pablo or um, just other units on Keynes Avenue. So I'm very concerned about the parking and the poor accommodation of units for the residents in that building. Okay, thank and you, Christina. Thank you. Um, yes, thanks for coming tonight. Um, the next person is Dee Hayes. And you're recognized. Hi, uh, can you hear me? Yes. Great. Uh, my name's Dan, actually. Um, Great. And um, there's lots I could talk about about this this project. The you know the kind of the the how it just is out of scale for the neighborhood, and um, the fact that between it and the 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 coming the coming development across the street, there's going to be 170 units. And roughly 100 or 90 of those will not have parking spaces. Um, I know it's, talking about the parking is uh, with the way the, the code is written right now is kind of screaming into the wind in terms of usefulness. But I, I, I'd like to talk about just the, the look of this building. It looks like someone took a cube and dropped it on the street. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's on San Pablo, it's a, a six story wall, essentially. There's a small break where the, where the materials change, but it's, you look at others, other of these types of uh, uh, complexes, 
that have been built or in, in the planning stages. And there's, you know, there's some articulation, there's some variety in the, in the surface area. This to me just looks like, you know, it's, they're trying to save money and they um, are removing, you know, trying to do this as cheap as possible. And it ends up with a, um, for lack of a better term, kind of brutal structure that's, you know, that's your introduction to Berkeley as you uh, enter it from the, uh, from the north. Uh, and I see him, we've got about seven seconds. So thanks for uh, listening and um, that's it. I appreciate those comments, David. There's also gonna be design review uh, for this project. You may wanna keep your eyes open for that. Oh, I will. <laughs> um, okay, thank you. Um, next, uh, we have Libby Black. Need to unmute Libby. Hi, um, I'm Libby Black. I live um, on the on my backyard, butts up right to the corner of opposite of San Pablo and Harrison. So I'm back in that corner, and um, I just I have a couple questions. I understand that you have a five foot um, what do you call that um, pushback from the place from the building and you have trees all along back there. I'm wondering about um, the access to um, people getting back there. I've had a couple people jump the fence from this vacant lot into my backyard um, in the middle of the night. So I'm just wondering about that. I'm wondering about the trees that will be planted there. Will, they, will, there be plant, uh, will the trees be mature when they're planted? Will they be tiny? Will they be maintained? Um, will they shed leaves all over? Will it be a big mess back there? Um, uh, will you all redo the fence? All everybody's fence in the back of our houses because there it kind of comes up a little bit and there's um, a little we're kind of raised a little bit. I also want to talk about the cars idling in the garage there. If there's vents there, or am I going to be in my backyard with the smell of cars um, idling in the back there? Um, I also want to know about the windows that are looking onto the backyard. I've been on this meeting all night. So you guys have obviously thought about privacy issues with other program uh, projects that have come through here. So I want to talk about the windows that are gonna be looking down into our backyard. Um, I also, the parking is a huge issue and I was on the meeting for the building that's going up at the church's chicken lot. So I understand that we're kind of stuck here with the state laws, but it is a big impact. Thank you. Thank you, Libby. Um, next we have Matthew Hardy. Hello, can you hear me okay? Sure thing, yes. Hi, uh, my name is Matthew Hardy. I also live directly behind uh, the lot uh, on Keynes Avenue. Um, first of all, I just would like to express my uh, deep concern about the parking, but not only that, about the traffic impact that this will have on Keynes Avenue. Uh, at last count, I counted 19 children under 18 years old who live between Gilman and Harrison on Keynes Avenue with others who regularly come on the street, including grandchildren. Um, 
we often are out on the street, especially during the pandemic uh, on the street. It's already fairly dangerous with cars moving quickly down the road in both directions. This is going to only exacerbate that and there needs to be a full traffic study and parking study, especially considering the unit, the building that's going to be placed across the street. Uh, you know, the city should look at not only parking permits, but potentially blocking Keynes Avenue at Gilman to stop the flow of traffic that is already uh, uh, pretty intense at times, especially in the morning and in the evening. The speed bumps do little to remove or slow the traffic. Um, you know, of course, uh, like my neighbor Libby, I do have significant privacy and light uh, concerns with the windows, with the setback. Um, and, um, you know, that this is a multi, many stories higher than the last. So, I mean, how many neighbors, how many folks are going to be looking down on our yard? That That is absolutely a concern. And then finally, I would just like to say, you know, it is awfully late. This is a preliminary meeting. I'm sure many more of our neighbors would have liked to be here. They have families. Um, they're already in bed. Uh, and so, you know, it's good to see that the process will continue and other folks will be able to offer their feedback. And thank you all. Thank you very much, Matthew, for coming tonight. Um, we have one more speaker, Mary Wyand. Hi, good evening. Can you hear me? Yes. I wasn't planning to speak tonight, uh, but after seeing the building, I just, my, I don't know, my blood pressure just shot up because <laughs> I've been living here for 21 years and Carrie, I'm glad you remember the other project. I spent 18 months of my life, you know, back then negotiating with the, the current developer at that time. And by the time we came to a, a conclusion that was acceptable to both the neighbors and what was a reasonable um, design for our community, you know, the uh, 2008 hit and the project fell through. We are not anti-development or anti-growth, but we just want something that's reasonable. I don't think that corner and the church's chicken lot should take on all of Berkeley's issues with housing. I think people who are making decisions about our neighborhood need to come and see in perspective what's what are what are just the dynamic of our neighborhood it's a single story neighborhood and and it's and it's cut off and if you and there's no traffic rerouting through the neighbors through the neighborhood because it's cut off at at, at Harrison and Stanage I live on Stanage I live at 1206 Stanage Avenue and I think most of our neighbors have had their mirrors ripped off their cars by cars just speeding down our street because Keynes has speed bumps. It's a parking issue, it's a safety issue, it's a density issue, and it's also an aesthetic issue. And I echo all the comments that my neighbors have made tonight, and I plan to follow this case a little bit uh, closely, more closely. And I am a little bit, uh, I wish we could come in person because we would come out in force like we did the last time. We would just like it to be with a design to be uh, more considerate of where this building is being dropped into, you know, into our neighborhood. So thank you for your time. And I appreciate all the work that you all do on the board. Thank you, Mary. Um, all right, that, uh, that will close out the public uh, comment. Um, I'd like to do this in a somewhat structured way um, and just give, uh, you know, each one of us an opportunity to advise the applicant on 
what we would like to see uh, when they come back or you know, advisement on what they may wanna take uh, forward with them to design review. So um, I would, who would like to volunteer to go first? If, uh, if no one raises your hand, I'm just gonna call on somebody. <laughs> Thank you, Igor. You're welcome. Um, yeah. Um, thank you so much. Um, given the lateness of the hour, um, I will try to keep this as brief as I can. Um, first, I just wanted to echo Chair Khan's um, gratitude for the neighbors that are here today. Um, I uh, do live not too far from this neighborhood. So I'm going to be paying close attention um, when this comes back to us um, as to how it um, does or doesn't uh, conform with the surroundings, um, which are different. Um, you know, there's because of the um, very messy zoning that we have, um, part of that block is zoned as commercial and the other part is residential. And that, that's where these conflicts always occur. Um, but as a preliminary note, um, I wanted to appreciate the applicant for proposing um, what looks like a very generous step down. Um, it may not seem generous to the neighbors, um, or generous enough, but compared to some of the things we've, some of the other things we've seen on this board, um, that is um, a very good preliminary gesture, I think. Um, I am not a design expert. Um, I actually, I did find this design, um, I, I appreciate uh, David's designs. I think he's one of the best designers um, we have in Berkeley as far as the architecture goes. Um, I uh, certainly there will be opportunities to make the design um, look less blocky and I totally trust the design review committee to do that. Um, I'm gonna be looking at, this is an area that um, does not have uh, residential parking permits. Um, and so I will be, you know, um, uh, personally, um, I uh, am inclined to go um, towards the parking uh, maximum side of things. Um, but I also understand um, and appreciate that not everyone will be able to do that. And I want to make sure that impacts are reduced. Um, I know this firsthand because um, the nearest charging station to my house is uh, eight blocks away. So I understand what it feels like to, I mean, I appreciate um, getting the nice steps in um, over lunch, but that Excuse is- Excuse me, Igor, I have to interrupt because we're after 10 p.m. We've just run over uh, the, uh, am I right, Samantha? We need to have a vote to keep going. The, the public hearing, part of it, the public comment has to end by 10 and then the meeting has to end by 11. Okay, thank unless, you. Yeah, unless there's a mandate, like there's a legal reason to keep going. Okay, so we've closed the public hearing and we're in the kind of wrap up. 
959. Just made it. Thank you. Hmm. All right. All right. So, I'm going to wrap. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> oh. uh, what's that, Igor? Sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I just saw the time and I freaked out. And no, I was not going to try to endeavor to wrap this up succinctly. Um, succinctly as I can. Um, I, I'm going to be paying attention to basically um, how this project um, fits into the neighborhood. Um, I actually, I appreciate that on the commercial side, um, I, I truly believe it's appropriately dense for, the, um, for that transit node. Um, and I think would be a nice uh, welcome gesture um, in terms of placemaking when you come from the Albany side into on San Pablo. Um, you know, uh, it it could be a nice node to show that you are now in Berkeley. But that said, um, there is in the back of um, you know just down Keynes, uh, east and west, it becomes a residential area. So be paying close attention to how um, those two um, zones um, are able to mesh to the extent possible. Um, I'm going to be looking for uh, transit demand measures. I urge the applicant to be as generous as possible. Um, this is, uh, I mean, it's right on the 72 um, line. And it would be wonderful if um, residents didn't feel the need to have to um, purchase a car um, when they live in that transit accessible area. And there are opportunities to um, make that even easier and more intuitive um, for folks, um, you know, being able to take public transit um, if they live there. Uh, so. Um, and then um, just kind of uh, something that I've been thinking about um, until the state becomes better and the state is years behind where it should be on microgrids, I'm gonna be looking to see um, what can be done. I mean, there are going to be more shadows obviously because there's, it's an empty lot right now. Any building is gonna create shadows. For any neighbors that have solar on the residential side, until we have a state policy that supports microgrids, which is actually where we need to go, um, I'm gonna be looking to see um, to the extent possible um, how um, light, both light impacts and uh, impacts to solar panels, should there be any immediate neighbors with those um, can be mitigated. Um, I think what El Cerrito or even um, certain parts of University Avenue do um, with, you know, um, well, El Cerrito does form-based zoning, not gonna get into that, but there, there are um, ways to do this effectively. There's Still going. Uh, Igor, I, I think we're supposed to be advising this project on things they can do now. So, um, is there an, anything else on in terms of this project? I agree with the general principles you're you're proposing, but um, yeah, um, I think just 
those, those are the things that I'm going to be looking at um, the next time this comes back. But I also appreciate, um, and again, not everyone may agree with me, um, but I think uh, the fact that you have uh, Trachtenberg as one of the, um, the architects is already a very promising decision that the team has made um, because um, my experience with uh, this architect is that he is as thoughtful as they come for larger projects. Um, so I am looking forward to seeing some creative solutions when you come back. And thank you so much for um, being here tonight. Thank you, Igor. Um, it, who else, uh, who, who would like to speak next? Uh, Kimberly, thank you. Hi, yeah, um, I'll keep mine super brief since I'll obviously see you all in design review. Um, you know, things I like to see, I, I really do like the stepping back, how it leads towards the neighborhood. Um, I guess the main part that I want to, you know, I might be focusing on both SAB and MDRC is, um, is the commercial area. Um, you know, hearing that it is a node, uh, an area that the city of Berkeley has designated as a extra important um, area, um, you know, to be able to treat that area with, um, you know, extra care. Um, you know, there's so many areas in which, you know, I feel like it kind of just kind of the, the flow of traffic or the flow of foot traffic really drops off. And San Pablo has such a wonderful opportunity to, um, you know, help create that connection from one area in San Pablo to the next. Um, and so, you know, just make sure that um, you pedestrians are comfortable walking along there and they want to be there. And it really helps connect, um, you yeah, know, one area, one area of Berkeley to the next. Um, and not just kind of be this wall of glass. And um, as I said before, I, I do trust Trachtenberg Architects to do something like that, um, but especially in an area that Berkeley designated already, I think is a um, really important spot and um, should be celebrated. So that's it for me. Thank you. Uh, yes. Sure, thanks. Oh. Hi. Um, couple quick thoughts, maybe. I don't know if I'm speaking as an architect or just speaking as a zoning board member or, or a community member um, that grew up in Berkeley. The last time I was on that site, I actually bought a Christmas tree. I don't know if any of you others have as well. Um, so I know the site. Um, but a couple quick thoughts. I mean, I know we can tell already, at least some of us maybe can tell already. I think that it's got good bones. It feels like it has good sort of DNA in terms of a mixed use corner project on San Pablo. And um, a couple of things I would just, I know, and I trust design review to take care of, of all, all these things, but um, just a couple of things to note, I would say, just looking at it quickly. Um, the, I know that the, there, there's, a, there's a facade, there's a frontage to San Pablo that I think is very important. And I think um, as it's proposed, makes sense. There's the frontage on a side street, right? That I think begins to make sense, but I think very important, and there's a corner feature or corner moment that um, I think is important, but very important, um, especially for this project is actually the back. The back is not really a back. I think the back of the project is a front for all of the rear yards of the neighbors. And so something to, I think, keep in mind in general, and, um, with a with a project like this, what that is that is so um, juxtaposed with um, single family residential, I think there is a number of people who are looking directly at the 
the back elevation and to make sure that that feels right and looks right and gets the same attention and love and care as the urban San Pablo side, I think is important. That's just one thought. Um, a couple of things that I just think are just sort of wonderful ideas. It's like the transparent ground floor, lifting the mass up from the off the, the ground, breaking this into two distinct masses. I think the the massing makes sense to me. The daylit corridors, you break it at the corridor. You, you know, one thought I also had is maybe it's not. Sometimes I, just to make a comment, quick comment. It looks like a shark came and like bit the corner off the thing, and it happens sometimes when we have these juxtapositions of height and zoning issues. And um, I don't know, maybe maybe the back or maybe the shark bite is a separate mass. Maybe it's something a little different. I don't know, because otherwise you've got um, two masses and then you've got the, the step down looks a little funny to me. That's all I've got for now. I, of course, I could speak to other things maybe, but design review would cover those things. That's just a quick two cents. Thanks. I, I appreciate those comments for the sake of design review. Yes, thank you. Carrie? Your next, Shoshana. Thank you. Um, I'll be quick. Uh, thank you, yes, for um, saying what you said about the back side of the building. I think that's a perfect way to put it. It is a front to all those folks. Um, Canes and Stanage are, are single family homes with, they're only one floor. These are small homes and this is their Western vision and for all of us who live in the flats, that's what we look at. We don't see a view of the Golden Gate Bridge, we see Western light. And um, so I'd like to appeal to the architectural team here to um, take what was said into account, particularly by Libby and Matthew. I thought they were both in amazingly artic articulate about what this experience is gonna be for them. The windows, the fences, the plantings. Um, I've been at this way too long, so there's no getting around that this is a huge mass. But what you can do is uh, lessen the impact to folks and make them embrace it and be happy that they live next to it. So that's your challenge. That's a hard one. Thank you. Thanks, Carrie. Um, Shoshana? Thanks. Um, my hand. Um, I think the project's fine. Actually, I like it. I'm it's a good place for density. Obviously, we need more density. Don't have to say that again. Um, I actually, I want to address the neighbors who came to speak. Um, I know we're supposed to give feedback to the project, but the neighbors are part of the process. They've uh, many of them stated they intend to be part of the process going forward. So I, I, I want to speak to that. Um, so this project. We all heard your concerns. You're very valid and understandable concerns about you know, parking, traffic, safety, et cetera. And I just want to say that, you know, this isn't the first project like this to go in on San Pablo uh, in similar areas, and some of which were even designed by this very firm. Um, so I would like to suggest the neighbors and actually also the applicant team, go look at what's happened at the other similarly sized projects that we're interfacing with the single family neighborhood. There's many of them. Go, go there and ask it how it is. Like we don't, the, the, the issues raised were speculative, but we don't have to speculate. We can look at examples of how it's gone. And so if it's gone badly, if the traffic's out of control on the back street, if there's no parking, find out. And if so, 
come to the next meeting, ask those people to come and speak. Or if they don't want to come with quotes and same for the applicant team. I'm sh- I hope you've done this, but I'll say it anyway, go, go to those other buildings that have been up for a year or two and, and see how it's going. See what didn't go well, see what you can do better and how to, how to improve those situations here because people have these fears and they're valid fears, but maybe it won't be so bad. Or maybe a, a design change can be implemented to mitigate it. So that's, that's my suggestion is let's, let's, there's data out there. Let's get it. Thanks for that, Shoshana. Good idea. Uh, Debbie? Uh, Debbie, you're muted. You're muted. There Two you ways go. to unmute on this thing. I can't get them both. Um, great idea, Shoshana. Uh, there are lots of projects down there and they've been coming online for the last 15 years. So there's lots of diversity in them, but they all have the same problem that on every commercial district. So I wanna reiterate what other people have said. I, I like the building, the back is the front. And I think that's the most important side. And when I think of all the other buildings that have been permitted, that's always where the issues are. And that's where we spend our time is on the interface between the, the residential and the mixed use building. I, I wanna raise another issue that is goes beyond the applicant and that is traffic. Um, San Pablo Avenue has horrendous traffic issues already because of its, access, its proximity to the highway. And uh, it may be time, I think it's time for the city to really look seriously at traffic diversion in the area. RPP is not gonna solve it. I live on Russell Street, a block off Ashby and the traffic diversions in our neighborhood have allowed us to have a neighborhood. Um, And maybe there's a way we can send some comment to long range planning or traffic planning that um, if we're gonna keep putting density on San Pablo, which is where it belongs, then we have to find a way to help preserve the, the neighborhoods that abut all of our commercial districts. So I don't know whether the applicant can help in that. Perhaps there are some things you can offer uh, to help um, the city think through this issue. So, but I think it's a bigger issue than just this project. It, it, it involves the whole avenue. So, thank you. Thanks, Debbie. Um, I haven't heard Michael from you or Doey, I think. Uh, do you have any? Oh, there you go. Michael, you're up. Oh, you're muted, though. So we can't hear you very well. Go ahead. Sorry. I've been talking the whole time. Um, <laughs> I, this one is really important. And, and uh, you know, it's the entrance to our city that we love and we want um, we want the teams to have balance um, empathy for the neighbors, come up with some creative solutions and have a really nice style that we can be proud of. I, please don't be cheap with the design with this. It, it looks good, but we want it to really be a nice project. And I really like the, the idea of, of doing some further investigation on similar units along San Pablo. That's an excellent idea. And um, 
Yeah, we, we really want this one to be right. That's it. Thanks, Michael. Do you have uh, comments you'd like to make? You're good? That's fantastic, thank you. Um, I, I'd like to uh, kind of uh, summarize, actually, I, most of the things I wanted to say uh, to the design team, uh, my colleagues have already said, um, but uh, since the next stop is design review, um, where Kimberly and I will be uh, you know, seeing what you come up with. Um, really appreciated Yessa's uh, comments about the rear being, that the, so not the rear, but the um, east face of this building uh, being the predominant uh, experience that the neighbors on Canes and in the surrounding area will experience. That's how they're gonna experience the building. And we do as architects frequently design for automobiles and the, where we have the greatest number of eyes on the building, which is this, the, would be San Pablo. Um, I'm gonna be looking for how you're addressing um, that other side and uh, was actually gonna suggest a perspective from the uh, approaching from the east on Harrison um, to get a better sense of, of how that's gonna uh, work out. So I thank yes for that comment and I endorse it. Um, I think that, uh, you know, we specifically had a neighbor talk about privacy concerns. Privacy at the rear will be something, of course, that we'll be interested in and design review will be interested in. Um, really appreciate the step down that you guys have done. Uh, and I do want to say to the neighbors who came tonight, that is not something every architect does. It's one of the reasons you're hearing all these positive comments about this architect. It, it's very thoughtful and it's not an obligation that they do that. So we really appreciate that move. But um, I think yes is also, I think it was Yes's comment, yes it was, about the shark bite is an opportunity to distinguish uh, those steps as they proceed to those neighbors. And uh, I'd be interested in seeing what you might come up with there. Um, the, uh, I think, I think the several neighbors said that they thought it was uh, blocky or bulky. Um, and it, you could argue it is on, the, on San Pablo. I, I like the look of it, but I do think that there could be, um, the, the entry isn't uh, as strongly uh, articulated as in many projects from this design team. It's an opportunity to give us some uh, uh, additional detail and visual appeal. Uh, to the building. Um, and uh, it's quite distinct from the building that you guys did across the street, um, where there were all, also similar concerns about the bulk and the mass, where you reduce the mass by articulating the top floor. That's inconsistent with your approach here, uh, but it's something you might look at and see if there's a way that, that something like that, uh, inflected by this building's design, could work. I'm not sure what that would be, and it might might not be possible. There's something to think about. Um, that's that's really that's really all I have to add, which isn't adding much. It's mostly just um, repeating what you've already heard. Uh, but I look forward to seeing it at design review and and on your return here to the to the zoning board. And um, I think with that we have a wrap. Oh, we don't have a wrap. Do we have a wrap, Samantha? Is that it? Um, 
Someone yeah. has to make a motion and second it, and then we have to do roll call. Uh, uh, do we don't do a motion on the project because oh no action. No, you're right. There's no action. Just say thank you very much. Yeah, okay. so I want to thank thank the design team for coming and thank all the uh, commissioners here and neighbors for their comments uh, on this project. Um, we do actually have committee reports and any staff announcements before we uh, go back to whatever we were doing before this uh, meeting um, or before we go to bed. Uh, <laughs> so um, subcommittee reports. Uh, thank you, everyone. Um, we look forward to seeing you again um, soon. Right. Yep. Thanks, Eric, for your fair presentation. Um, so, uh, Kimberly, we don't have anything to, to say on design review side of things, do we? I think the only thing that was somewhat interesting was that discussion item of just uh, about native plants and bird safety, and I guess how we're trying to implement that and or letting people know that that's going to be a thing. Um, and I feel like that kind of comes into Zab as well, obviously, since we hear about um, bird safety and um, native plants. But um, besides yeah, that, we did. Thank you, Kimberly. That's right. We did mm -hmm. make a referral to Anne. Uh, mm -hmm. Burns to advise uh, applicants who are unfamiliar with those questions that those questions will be asked when they come to a design review. So uh, that might change. Uh, will that we also will we like ever make a presentation to Zab about that or um, or anything or is that just something that should stay in design review? Um, I, I'm not aware of any plans for there being a presentation. There is research being done currently on bird safe glass measures that are uh, as I think I mentioned in this venue last time that are simple and affordable. That's, mm -hmm. that's something no one seems to know the answer to, even the Audubon Society, yeah. which- I Well, that's why I was thinking it was kind of interesting to bring it to Zab maybe at some point in time, just because I know it's a question we've all been dealing with or hearing about for so long. And if there ever is a more, more of a clear resolution that I, I feel like maybe members of the board here um, might also be interested, but that's for future, so. Good, yeah. thanks. Um, Staff communication, Samantha? Um, yes, so um, we talked last time about how the baseline zoning ordinance um, went into effect on December 1st. Um, I know some of you have worked on that, it's very exciting. Um, we're no longer calling it the BZO, it's the new BMC, because it's just the new Title 23. Um, and there is a copy of the legacy ordinance online, because um, I, the, most of the projects that you're going to be seeing for a while are still going to be under um, the old BMC or the legacy. Where do, we, where do we find the legacy ordinance? It's on the zoning ordinance revision project webpage. Um, if you Google Berkeley plus Zorp, um, I believe that will get you there. I'm trying it right now. Um, and there's a, yeah, there's a, there's a PDF copy. Um, of the legacy ordinance. Um, and so then I was going to come back in um, either me or Justin, uh, probably in late January or February, um, to give you just an overview of the new structure. Um, so again, there weren't any substantive changes, um, but it does take some getting used to for figuring out where to, where to find things. Um, so we'll, we'll come back with that probably late January. Um, or that, or February. Thanks, thanks for that, Samantha. Um, all right, uh, there was something else I wanted to say, but I guess I'll have to wait till next year to say it because I don't remember what it was. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
it was it was something about there's something about what you were just talking about with the the new the new ordinance and that new ordinance is supposed to not be substantive and its changes simply changing the structure the format not the content correct right and the and it's rewritten um in more to use more plain language mm-hmm. um i it so, is so it, it, is it going to be edited in case there are mistakes found in it that oh do- yeah yeah, we've got a list. Um, we're gonna uh, <laughs> be doing my, my 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 staff found one today that's substantial. Oh, you should um send it, send it to who us. Do I, who do I send it to? Um, Justin. Justin. Um, or you can send it to me, and I'm happy to pass it on. Um, yeah, so it at first I think there will probably be two updates a year. Okay. Yeah, anytime you have a rewrite of that magnitude. Um, you're not going to get it all right. You're not going to get it all right. There's numbering, you know, whatever. Um, but I will say it is easier to use, but it is taking, it, it's taking some getting used to. <laughs> um, and this, this, was, this was adding a height, uh, uh, a floor restriction to a district that doesn't didn't previously have one. Oh, interesting. Uh, and I understand the desire to have things you know, yeah. but effectively it reduced the size of what a project could be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely send it um, so that, that we can take a look at it. Okay, good. I'll, I'll just shoot it over to you. Yeah. Um, thanks. Well, that's great. Uh, I guess we can adjourn, folks. Okay. Um, do we need a vote to adjourn, Samantha? Yes. Okay. Well, I see Kimberly. Everyone's raising their hand. Kimberly, do you, uh, would you like to speak? I motion to adjourn. Thank you. And Igor, Igor seconds. Okay. Uh, Commissioner Duffy. Yes. Commissioner Thompson. Yes. Commissioner Olson. Yes. Commissioner Gaffney. Yes. Commissioner Kim. Yes. Chair Khan. Yes. Commissioner Sanderson. Yes. Vice Chair O'Keefe. Yes. And Commissioner Trigu. Yes. Oh, I know what I wanted to say before we adjourn. Cecilia, I wanted to, to welcome Cecilia to the meeting. Yeah. She's been here the whole time and we didn't introduce her. That was terrible. <laughs> um, Cecilia is one of our new assistant planners um, and uh, will be one of our new ZAB clerks. Um, so her and Allison have been working together in the background. Um, keeping things running smoothly. You'll see more of her. That's great. Well, (laughs) we're delighted to have you, Cecilia, but we can't see you right now. Um, We look forward to seeing you in the future. And then this is probably Allison's last meeting as clerk. Thanks for the work you've been doing, Allison. Much appreciated. All righty. Well, great. Enjoy uh, these hol- this holiday season. Happy holiday. See you all next year. Bye. See you next year. Happy holidays. <laughs> Bye. Bye.